not downtown Summerlin, I would say like old Summerlin. So downish, more down. Uh, north. Like extra, extra down. <laughs> like you're not down, fool. Right. You're you're da- you're down. <laughs> I'm not even sure where all the uh, cities are, all the of Vegas yet. I'm still very so new. So the um, you know where Red Rock is? Nope. I heard of it. Red Rock <laughs> Casino? Yeah. It's yeah. On the Strip, right? No, the, this one's closer towards Red Rock. Red Rock. Okay. Like if you're gonna do like the scenic cruise later on down the road. Yeah. Um. So we go and do that. Before that, it's on Charleston, Red Rock Casino. Okay. It's one of my favorite casinos anyways, because it's not on the strip. The locals, kind of? Give or take, yeah, but it's better. Not. Mine's congested. I think the uh, casino I've been to most is uh, South Point. Yeah. It's so close. Oh yeah, you can throw a rock at it from <laughs> yeah, here. You can probably see it from here. Right? <laughs> you gotta branch yourself out more, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah, can South, walk there. South Point's okay. Yeah, um, South Point. Steak, steak and Shake's really good over there. Yeah, as you can tell. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, Silverton. They're the closest ones to me. Yeah, Silverton's okay. The wife got in trouble over there, so. Oh no. Yeah, because she it was before she got her citizenship, and she had like two forms of ID. Oh. So they, they came up to her and they were like, oh, we can't accept this ID from where you're from. She's like, why not? There's two forms of it. And they're like, no, we just don't trust you. Really? She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so weird. she got all mad. And then we played Lord of the Rings slot machine. And then she won like 80 bucks. And yeah, she uh, cashed it in. And we've never been back since. <laughs> yeah. Like her giant W. Man. Com- compared to that casino, $80 Silverton. <laughs> What's up? So where's she from? Um, everywhere. That's what she told me to tell everybody else. <laughs> um, but she's she's a child of no nation. Okay. That's all I'm allowed to say. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Uh, yeah, you can say whatever you want. You can swear. You can uh, talk whatever. I, I can cut anything out after it's not live. Obviously, it's uh, Eric. I'm eating a taco during this interview. I think we're gonna be a okay, buddy. <laughs> um, what kind of taco? This is not paid sponsorship from Del Taco. No, but you can sponsor if you want. We're looking for sponsors. Hit me up. <laughs> Hit me up anytime. Hit Eric up. Yeah. We're poor. We need money. <laughs> we. I like cars. So, I like bikes. <laughs> so uh, this is the EricSwanRacing.com podcast with Michael Hayes, Baby J, a.k.a. Baby J. So uh, episode number 133, I think. So I've been doing mm. it for a couple years now. I've um, been talking to all sorts of people from uh, motorsports industry, friends and family, people who have nothing to do with racing mm-hmm. at all. It's a couple of businesses I've, I've talked to. Um, one nice. world champion so far, Dominique Agater, motorcycle racer. Cool. I'm um, just trying to talk with people. We work together, we're co-workers at mm-hmm. Speed Vegas Exotics Racing. Mm-hmm. And just wanted to talk to you, get your story, and uh, shoot the shit. See what's okay. up. Got no real agenda, got no notes, no bullet points. Talk, you can ask me questions, go back and forth. It's not really an interview style, just you know, talking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm. fuck me, I love tacos. Okay, so mm. when did you get into racing? Um, I got into racing probably like actually doing it myself 2011. 2011, I did mm-hmm. track days, I did a season of 
track days at a motorcycle, modified sport bike, 600cc. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I got into track days at all was because I got arrested for speeding. Yep. I didn't know they did that. I thought they just gave you a ticket and sent you on your way. Apparently, if you're going fast enough, they take you to jail. Yep. So, uh, anybody wants to go fast, do it the right way. Go to the track. Don't get in trouble. Um, we're safe. Yeah, we're it's a lot safer. At least have an ambulance running, usually one or two, and crew to pick you up if you fall down. It's all it's all fun and games until somebody gets caught on fire. And <laughs> yeah. Fire hurts. It yeah, ain't good. For sure. So, did a season of track days. Next year, I went racing, won some championships, kept going from there. Wicked. And uh, moved up to Expert, got the pro license, all that stuff, and became a coach for five different organizations from cars and bikes, mm-hmm. and um, and just getting your license for motorcycle racing, coach for that. So I'm just trying to make a make a living in the career of motorsports. Yep. And trying to race professionally is the real goal. See, everybody at home thought that he was going to ask me questions. No, no, no. <laughs> this is what it is. And we're gonna we're gonna swap it on around. Um, you know Johnny Tran? He was over at the California racing. I know the name. I don't know if I met him or I probably met him, but I don't know. Didn't know his name. That's okay. So. Uh, long time ago, he used to work over at Exotics Racing on the north side, and he, that's all he does is superbike stuff. Yeah. So, he's good people. Yeah. yeah so um, I did the superbike school for a little while, um, but I'd make more money at Speed Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less <laughs> yeah. travel. That's, that's what I tell everybody. It's like, I don't want to pay for this anymore. <laughs> right. This is fine. So, um, background on me, I started racing 125cc uh, Rotax carts over at the old concrete uh, LVKC track that we used to have here in Vegas. That was back in 2006, 2008. What series was that? It's uh, water-cooled 125cc uh, direct drive. Okay. Or not direct drive, but I guess it has a wet clutch or dry clutch or something. Um, but it's uh, it was a pretty big class at the time. So we wanted to race the classes that had the most people in it. Sure. I wanted a shifter cart. My dad said, we don't have shifter cart money. And I said, credit cards are a thing. And he told me not <laughs> to ever go down that road because yeah. I'll mess it up for everything else, which he was right later on down the road. Um, but yeah, I raced that. I got plenty of first place trophies, but it wasn't it wasn't official because I was 17. I wasn't 18. Mm. I had to be 18 in order to have a... Um, actual feasible ranking in it so raced did good picked it up super quick got first place unofficially plenty of races I uh, couldn't do anything with the championship because none of the points were accommodated for just because of age and then after the go-kart I got into um, drifting and that's man that's where you know how life gives you lemons? Fuck. <laughs> it was good for you? It was... No. No? It was <laughs> no. bad? <laughs> Financially? If I, could go, if I could go back in time and tell myself, it's cool, just do it right, save your money, this is the same thing I'm going to tell everybody else at home right now, don't go out and finance a fucking charger <laughs> just to go and slide a fucking corner. I'm telling you right now, the 32% APR financing <laughs> and your credit score at a solid 595 ain't worth it. 32%? 32%. Oh, my right. goodness. No, that's not mine. That's, I would never do that. Oh, that's yeah. why I drive my hunk of junk Toyota every day because it's great and I don't have to finance on it. <laughs> yeah. If you want to, build it at home, then you have more appreciation for it because if you break it, then 
guess what? You know how to fix it one, but two, then you realize you're not going to do it again because you don't want to work on it. Um, so sold the go-kart, bought an RX-7 that came with another RX-7. Got two of them. So I, ha I had one that was running, and the other one was a Turbo 2 chassis, an 87, that had a title to it. Um, it was just sitting in a yard. It had sand. It, was, it looked like it was pulled out of a sand pit. Mm-hmm. Um, that just stayed at the guy's house that I bought it off of. The red one, the 88 or 87 and a half, that one was uh, running. It was naturally aspirated, so it didn't have fuck all four horsepower, 1.3 liters, the biggest waste of time here in the desert. If Sorry, rotary kids, but <laughs> it's awful. Not ideal? No. Hell no. I even got somebody, um buddy of mine, he has a fully built, like, to the brim RX-7. And I told him, I was like, it's cool, it's not that cool. Because, yeah, you're going to make 500 horsepower, but it's only going to last for half a year because you're going to be driving in the summertime, then it's just going to be awful. Um, had that RX-7. I blew it up day three. Oh, well, I, quick? I, <laughs> just a too high red line or just too high temperature? So what, I, what it ended up happening was that, one, I was an idiot. Two, I drove it to Utah for my brother's baseball game because he was, at the time, he was going to Nationals and it happened to be over at Utah in St. George. So mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, let's take the RX-7. I didn't register it. I didn't have any insurance on the car. I put my Ford Ranger license plate on it and said, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Handled. My, par my parents knew about it, and my brother knew about it, so we're driving all the way down there. Car's great. It has 18-inch CSW wheels on it, like, all the typical, like, 1999-2000 Nopi mods. Even had, like, a piece of silver vinyl on the side of it with a dragon. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was, now that I'm looking back on it, I wouldn't ever catch myself dead driving that car. Um, drove it to St. George, loved it. I fell in love with the car, and I drove it back from St. George. Now, the thing with RX-7s is that you could do one or two things. You could run the factory oil squirters. It's like more or less like a built-in premix. Um, or you could premix, like a two-stroke dirt bike. Go in, go to the gas station, do your ratios and everything else like that. People are still doing that to this day. Heck, I don't even know some guys with RX-8s that are doing that right now. Um... And you're good. But that wasn't the cause. Uh, what happened was, I was driving back, finally got home to Vegas, the oil light comes on. Mm. So I'm like, okay, it's weird. Like, I just checked the oil before we left. Pulled the dipstick, has oil, put it back in, everything's good. What I didn't realize was, when I pulled the dipstick and I put it back in, the grommet for the dipstick actually went down. A little bit more. Didn't have a good seal anymore? It, it still had a good seal, but what happened was when I put the dipstick back in, it was, it wasn't seated all the way, and what happened was the dipstick didn't go all the way down to the oil pan. Mm. So next time I go and pull the dipstick out, like, it's bone dry. Uh. After I Hiroshima the motor. So the oil light keeps on going off. I'm like, all right, faulty Mazda electronics. Like, no one ever said, wow, this Mazda has great wiring, <laughs> yeah. great electronics in the 1980s. is <laughs> fucking mint. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I seize the motor. I call a buddy of mine. Uh, all my friends that are coming with me that helped me buy the car, and they all have RX-7s. And we, 
we all meet up, and I'm like, I don't know what I did. And they're like, it has no oil in it. Uh, like, it has no oil. And I'm like, playing, played stupid. And I told him I checked it. And then right when he took that grommet off, for when the oil stick was good, hypothetically, inside the motor, it was, yeah. it was caked. That was it. Uh, we got the motor unseized. Uh, we put oil in it, and then I bump-started it with my Ranger because that was the only way we could get the car to turn over. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was the motor turned over. We saved the motor. Saved. I drove it for another day. The motor, the oil, oil rings go. It looks like a blown head gasket every single time I drive it. Yeah. It would cloud of smoke everywhere in my neighborhood, and my mom was on the HOA board, so you got to <laughs> understand, like, everybody was giving her a call. It's like, is that your red Mazda in front of your house? It smokes so much. And my mom's just looking at me and like, Mike, please <laughs> get rid of that fucking car. Um, ended up getting rid of that Mazda. Um, How do you sell a car with a broken engine? Uh, tell them that has a broken motor. You have no idea what's wrong with it. There you go. <laughs> Not uh, Everybody knows about rotaries, but everybody loves spare parts. So it ended up just getting parted out. We tried rebuilding it. We rebuilt it once, and it just never ended the same ever again. Um, sold that one. I still have the title to the other Mazda RX-7. God who knows where. That car's probably folded in half in a <laughs> trash compactor. The, uh, I bought a Nissan 240SX, uh, dual cam. These are all drift cars, or supposedly? Mm. Mm. Sure. <laughs> yeah, let's say that. Any car's a drift car if you try hard enough. Exactly. <laughs> if, you, if, heck, the Celica could be a drift car as soon as I run it through a house. <laughs> it's like, oh, what happened? Slid in, slid in here. What's up? That's front wheel drive. Yeah, this front wheel drive. What year is that? Uh, back to the story at hand. <laughs> now, not a year worth talking about. <laughs> um, Nissan single cam, single cam, white Nissan single cam 240SX 89. Um, then I got a 92 um, S13. 240SX with SR20, um, S15 front end on it, super cool car, all blue, buddy of mine helped me pay for it, and I, it took me years to pay him back, but I'm sorry, Kiki. Um, bought that car, drunk driver hit in front of my house. Yep, folded the whole car in half, Ford Expedition, like, why not? We're not even in it. Yep. <laughs> so, that happened, um, sold that car, got another Nissan 240SX, now it's my black one, my black Nissan 240SX, I took everything from the blue one over to that car, drove that for a really long time, ended up selling that car, and then I got a Corolla 886, I got another Nissan S13, uh, Coupe, I got another Lexus, um, GS430, but had a 2JZ, big turbo, made like 500 horsepower, so I had an inline six. I bought that one from California. I had a Evo X. I've had uh, another Nissan 240SX. That ended up being the same 240SX single cam that I bought from like 2011. Same and one. Sa- same exact car. Because when I sanded it down, I rattle canned it white because it was like Tiffany blue cheetah. Yeah. Because it was done with the spray paint can, so you just see stripes. <laughs> yeah and blotches everywhere <laughs> inside this car and look awful. <laughs> so I spray painted it white. Now it looked mint green with cheetah stripes all the way through it. Um, ended up being the same exact car because I wet sanded it, repainted it again, and I saw white, teal, gray, red, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. What are the odds of that? Um, but now it was a dual cam, had coilovers, it was okay. 
Uh, I had Stephen Heckwald knuckles for it, and then I ended up selling that car. I actually made money off that car, surprisingly. I made, I don't know, made probably like 500 bucks. But I had a BMW E39, um, M Sport, six-speed manual, 540. That was a super fun V8 manual car. It's like four-door. It's just the AC didn't work, and that that lasted for fuck all. Um, Tired to have a car with no ACD, AC in Las Vegas. No, and on top of everything else, is a BMW where you look at it wrong and it doesn't want to work. Um, what else did I have after that? Fuck, we're going down memory lane now. Um, I had another Corolla with K Turbo. I drove that, daily drove that, even in summertime. Um, I want to say days after days after days. And then after that, I had a Mirage. Scariest car I've ever owned. The Mirage? The Mitsubishi Mirage. It was an 89 Mitsubishi Mirage built by Trevtech here in town. It had an Evo 2 long run motor in it. It, it was on ethanol. It made like 485 horsepower, but the car would, it weighed as much as its table was. <laughs> yeah. And it, I shit you not, when you get on the power in third gear, it would literally change a whole lane. Really? Because it would light the tires up. Wow. And it, it would rev so fast. And I took all my friends for a ride. No one wanted to go with me after that. <laughs> no second ride? No, because the car would do literally 60 to 160 within one gear change. Wow. And then you're, like, literally thinking to yourself, there's no airbags. still has the wind-up seatbelts yeah. that go over it. Like, I don't trust those. On the those. doors, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't trust those worth a fuck anymore. And it had any lag. There was no modifications done on the outside. It looked like a hunk of shit. Like a sleeper? Exactly. And that's why I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. Um, and then I changed houses a numerous amount of times. How many times have you moved? Oof. Um, five? Five, five or six times? Yeah. All in uh, Nevada? All in Las Vegas, yeah. But I'm originally, you know, I'm originally Canadian, and uh, but I've lived here since 93. Okay. So. How old are you now? Uh, 33. Okay. Click in 34 this year. Nice. So, so 89, 90? Yep, 89. December 7th, Pearl Harbor. Okay, very good. Take that L, <laughs> Japan. What's that like having a birthday with a memorable... Infamous, a uh, bad, bad association. Don't bring it. up your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring up your birthday. That's the best piece of advice I can ever give anybody. If you have a birthday about like D Day or like the beaches of Normandy or anything else, two crazy like that. September 11th. Really? Yeah. My cousin and a, a best friend of mine. Holy Jesus! Do they go to high rise towers like on their birthday? <laughs> you know, I wonder if that has an effect on. I've never asked them before. They fly planes? Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. I wouldn't. Not with that birthday. But, You're uh, automatically, like, on the blacklist for right? TSA if you have the September 11th birthday. I mean, just random, right? Just a random date. Yeah, but how random is that random search going to be when yeah. TSA is like, dude, your birthday is <laughs> September 11th? Here, follow this line. So, I went on a date with a girl last night, and uh-huh. I've never heard somebody bring up astrology more in my life. Like, uh, are you an Aries or Virgo? I'm like... Every, asparagus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking asparagus. And she was going on about, about, like, the, the scorpion and the goat and, the like, all the yep. different things. I was like, yep, yep, yep. why? Why? Why are you talking about this so much? I don't so, understand. Why does this matter so much to you? Have you ever had the hardest time of just fitting in with people that if they don't talk about cars, they yeah. don't talk about bikes? Yeah, it's just a totally different... they just bring up some from the complete left field? <laughs> They're just like, what do you think about photosynthesis? And I'm like, 
what the fuck? Chlorophyll? More like borophyll. Yeah, I was like, the photosynthesis, like how plants grow, they're like, yeah. I was like, well, I'm growing not to like this conversation right now because <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. I, I just, my ADHD is like, oh, that's cool. It's kind of like how you put air in a tire, right? No? <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Um, but no, the one that gets me the most is uh, crystals. Crystal energy? Yep. yep. <laughs> right, as soon as like, look, I kept this in my pocket for you. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like a hunk of amethyst yeah. and they're like check it out and you're like strange all right so i'm just gonna where did you say the door was <laughs> and it's just absolutely beeline it out of there well, there's there's somebody down the road uh in our complex here that has like hundreds of rocks on their balcony area yeah and i'm like that's kind of cool like geology and i don't know if they're into ge- like different ki- types of rocks and mm-hmm. i'm like i never really explored that but that's kind of weird too so right? it's funny because me and my lady uh we have a cab machine what a cab machine is it's a precious diamond cutter okay so you can cut diamonds and stones and everything because i told her i was just like look we need that mentally ill girl they got money <laughs> yeah they got money if we do this then we can make a lot of money off of this she was like yeah absolutely still sits in my garage <laughs> haven't used it yet motherfucker has 11 months on it hasn't even <laughs> been clicked on yet and i've been telling i've been telling my wife i said we gotta get rid of this. Yeah. We gotta get rid of. It's just taking up a lot of room in the garage. I want it gone. Yeah. Because you know I got my car, the crazy cars, everything else, and and she's like, no, 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 no. we'll do something soon. But she's like a manager. Mm-hmm. Like her day off, she's still working. Yeah. So working from home. And she works from home. So, as soon as she goes near her computer, she's like this. And that email get there. <laughs> it's like work. So yeah, it's it's tough. Like it's tough for people to more or less. Like, keep an open mind for a situation when it comes to different, like, hobbies. Yeah. Um, stars are in the sky. That's cool. Do they make shapes? Try hard enough. Does it mean <laughs> anything? No. Fuck no. I watched this thing, a uh, Netflix documentary today about the James Webb Telescope. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, uh... Everything's good. It's fucking mind-blowing, all... The number of galaxies that there are. That's it's like, infinite. It's like, uh... It's hard to think about. Yeah, so it's... And this is where it cracks me up because I, I hate talking about religions and everything else like that. And everybody's like, God is great, fucking God. I'm like, okay. Like, no science is ever going to prove God. It's like, well, that's probably because he's not there. But, you know, that's a different story. We're going to cross that bridge later on down the road. The crazy thing, think about it. 20 years ago, like, found a new planet. Everybody loses their shit. Like Pluto? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now, 20 years from then, we're like, there's an infinite number of galaxies that we can see. The The jump in between that is so astronomically insane. And you remember, like, even with cell phones. 2005? Was it? Yeah, I was watching X-Files with the wife, and it was so funny because it's, everything's like early 90s. Yeah. Mid-90s. Like AI tech's gonna take over the world. It's like fuck. You guys aren't wrong. Like shit's coming. Yeah, it's crazy. And they're saying that they're gonna use AI to uh, decipher like nuclear strategies and a bunch of other stuff with the White House from other countries. Exactly. Or even us. Yep. And they, and everybody at Senate was like, no. Like this is gonna be like a whole Skynet thing all over again. Everybody in that fucking council room saw Terminator and they're like, oh, let's pump the brakes. This is too far, too quick. Yeah. So they, they yeah they uh they decided to do something about that then and there, um. 
Fuck, that's what happens when you have ADHD. <laughs> we're talking okay, about we can bounce around all over. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, we, we're, we're talking about cars, and now we're talking about the fucking James Woods telescope. Uh, there's a place right near uh, Area 15. Um, all it is is just, like, a bunch of 8K laser projectors, and they yeah, light up all the rooms. Yeah, I saw it's stuff about it. Super cool. Yeah. And they do a whole segment on James Webb's telescope. Cool. I, I loved it. Yeah. And they did a Star Wars night. Loved that, too, because then I got to watch Star Wars on the big uh, projector. You're a big uh, Star Wars guy, right? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. You <laughs> go to those conventions, right? Yeah, every convention. Um, I cosplay Obi-Wan, and uh, the wife got me into Gerald from The Witcher, but not as good looking as, uh, what's his name, Henry Cavill? I'm not familiar Cavill. with The Witcher. So, later on down the road, Netflix, watch it. Um, so there's... It's a movie or a the, series? The guy, Superman. You remember the OG Superman? Yeah. Like Clark Kent? Exactly. That actor was also playing the lead actor of The Witcher, which he's like a 10 out of 10. Okay. You take marble, you chisel him out. The marble <laughs> looks bad because he's standing right next to it. Yeah. So now, I, I don't feel that confident with that <laughs> cosplay because... I'm not live up to it, right? Exactly. Now, Obi-Wan Kenobi, everybody's like, oh, fuck, you got him down. That's it. Aaron <laughs> McGregor, you're, you're set. Hit me up sometime. <laughs> um, body double? I would fucking kill it to be Aaron McGregor's body double. <laughs> that and John Wick's body double, too. Keanu Reeves? Oh, oh my yeah. God. He's cool. I would, I would fucking shake his hand so hard. You know the whole uh, six degrees of separation thing where you're only one or two people away from that person based mm. on connections? Um, I know, pers- I just talked to him last night, actually, just uh, Instagram messenger. Mm. Um, my buddy is sponsored by Keanu Reeves. I'm okay right now. I'll take it, but I'm not going to eat it right now. <laughs> Thank you. The hard tacos. Um, I just ate a little bit ago. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's, he's sponsored by him, and, and Keanu has his own motorcycle company. Yep, he Arch, does have his Arch own. motorcycles. Yeah, they're not the most good-looking bikes, but... It's different. I, I mean, mean it's a startup, it. though, so yeah. it's... The uh, thing is, is that I can't say shit. It's his motorcycle. If I were to tell him, like, Keanu, your bike doesn't look that good, he's going to be like, where's your bike company? I'm going to be like, well, you know... The crazy thing about Matchbox, they made some motorcycles and some Hot Wheels, but other than that, I don't got fuck all, buddy. You're 100% correct. I'm yeah. so sorry. Please don't hate me. <laughs> yeah, but he is a pretty cool guy. I mean, the, the Matrix series, all the uh, John Wick movies he's yep. put out, he's got to be a hundred millionaire by now. Um, he doesn't get paid that much, though. It's like, usually he always doesn't donates his money. Or he I've heard he donated away. his entire movie film from one of the Matrixes mm-hmm. to, to charity. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you don't need it anymore. Yeah, right? and, you know, if it's all it's all on, like, how you want to live out the rest of your fucking life at that point. Yeah. Do you want to just blow your money out in the wind or at least use it? It's just, as long as you use it to a good charity, not like a charity where it's like, yeah, this is going to go to charity, and they're just like this, right? Grabbing all the tacos. Well, there's, a, there's some website that tells you if you donate... A dollar, yeah. X amount goes to actual helping, and X amount goes to, you know, the the CEO or the workers. Yeah. You know, some of That's it is, n- is like 99% they give to actual need, and some of it, the charities are funded for the people who run it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so yeah. there's percentages. So, like, PETA is another one, because they let the bread? Huh? The pita bread company? At this point, they might as well just change their name to Peter, the best bread there is, because <laughs> that's the only thing they got going for them right now. Um, Animal rights. Yep. 
there's a lot of things that they did. Like, you remember the old commercial of Sarah McLaughlin and all yeah, that stuff? The, the arms of the angel. Yes. The, it would, I, he would see this dog staring up at the camera. Super sad. Like, motherfucker, my donation went to Fido, literally looking up into the camera, and then trying to get other money from other people. I get it. It's, it's shitty in a way, but at the same time, yeah, animals need money. The thing is, is that there's a lot of people doing a lot of digging with PETA, and they ended up seeing that they would shoot themselves in the foot just in, just because they couldn't do it. Mm. It's like, oh, we're, we're here saving animals. And then somebody pulls up a screenshot and be like, oh, this is your guys' fucking kill count. This is how many animals you guys put down this year. Yeah. It's like, uh. <laughs> it's like a big wake-up call. It's like, fuck, what am I really donating? The other thing that gets me, too, scalpers. Like, kids out in the parking lot. Tickets. Like, Kind of, but it's more... I shouldn't say scalpers. I should say very convenient con artists. So, I went to Walmart, and one of the guys came up to me. He was like, hey, man, super nice dressed, fanny pack, everything else. He's like, hey, we're out here. Being all my friends, we're here to like try to sell magazine subscriptions. Do you want to buy any? Mm. He was like, we got car and driver. We got... Uh, what's the other one? Motor Trend and like um, DuPont Registry and all of these other car magazines. He was like, you sign up with this one, it'll get you half off on this subscription. And I was like, okay, cool. Can I see some credentials? Motherfucker got credentials too. Like he had everything. The ID like, badge and all that. Yeah, not really. Not ID badge. Like business card okay. and it had like and underneath like all the other fucking um, magazine subscriptions that he would sell or like AKA be working for. Yeah. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, I'll give him like 32 bucks and sign up for some fucking magazine subscriptions, right? I right. love Car and Driver. Guess who never got a Car and Driver <laughs> magazine? Maybe they have the address wrong, you never know. No, fuck no. What it really threw up the red flag, though, is that he actually flipped the business card around and started writing down the address after I gave him the money. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, in Walmart, I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't... He was writing it down as he was walking away. <laughs> Ain't no way I'm getting that. <laughs> and then it hit me, and I was like, I'm fucked. You use cash or card? Cash. Cash. Because I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, if you use card, you can get chargebacks. Um, I actually, I went to the, the liquor store, got some things the other day, and uh, I always get a receipt. I always try to record so I can look at it later and make sure it's right. And it, it was a different price from the credit card receipt to the physical receipt. Mm. And I did a chargeback, got my money back. So it was did a they, small amount, but was it like thirty-five cents? Like there like was thirty a, cents or something. There was, there was no like it had all the charges on the on the receipt, but it didn't have the prompt for like the added charge just in case if you use a credit card. Probably maybe not. Yeah, because yeah. so, that's uh, at every gas station you always get that like Revel. Revel's really bad with that. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> um, it's like you don't make enough money, you got to charge. As soon as more. I put my card in, it's like you look at their gas prices. You're like, man, the gas prices are actually pretty cheap. Go and get some ninety-one. Call it a day. Now, <laughs> you go in there and you put your card in. It's like, is this added thirty-five cent transaction fee okay with you? I'm like, fuck no. no. <laughs> I was like, bitch. Now the gas is even more expensive. Yeah. Oh man, it's not it's, fair. Yeah, it isn't, and it, that's what really irks me is because they don't list it on the obvious big fucking billboard that they got. They'll make sure that you get out of your car, see it, fucking do your business. Get back in the car, fuming. Yeah. And then you get your receipt, and you're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then you go home because you're not just gonna go across the street. There ain't no way. Right. Unless you're like, "Fuck!" Really stubborn. 
It feels like false advertising in a way. It does. It's just there's probably so much underwriting with it. It's like it's not really false advertising, but more or less a... Yeah. (laughs) It's like when you put the sorting hat on top of you and it's like, oh, Slytherin. (laughs) Fuckers are Slytherin. I try to go to Costco uh, to get gas. Uh-huh. Just buying a membership and only using gas alone for the entire year, I mm-hmm. calculate you save money, um, and you know with the membership cost. So it could be thirty-five, fifty cents a gallon. Mm. For, but there would be times where I was on a trip somewhere and like it doesn't make sense for me to drive thirty miles out of the way to go to Costco. Uh-huh. You know, at that point, just go to the regular gas station. But um, so you got into carts. Um, how long did you do kart racing for? Because I'm trying to get into karts um, with USPKS, United States Pro Kart Series. Mm. Um, I'm really looking to do that. So, um, the setup that we bought was turnkey. Um, just didn't come with the trailer. Um, it was a Paul Tracy kart, which would happen to be a CRG, uh, just with paint and you know Paul Tracy. Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly just look at the rule book, see what safety gear you need. Like, some people are pretty, like, lenient if you don't have a full onesie racing suit. They're like, all right, denim jeans, a yeah, jacket. I have a suit. I have a racing yeah. suit and all that. So, um... I need some shoes. I got a Speed Vegas racing suit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know that Speed Vegas racing suit, the guy that... I got that same, same exact suit. yellow on the yep. side. It's like brown in the middle and then black everywhere else and it says Speed Vegas on the back. I'll never bring that <laughs> out. That, that thing's staying inside my closet until the end of time. Put it in like a white... Uh, a plexiglass box or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about doing is just in the garage that I got so much shit hung up and the last thing I want to do is let it collect dust. It's in its nice little G-Force box. Right. <laughs> but it's like the cheapest G-Force suit. Yeah. You could buy it. You get a a match burn, it's gonna... <laughs> it's not fire retardant. It, it, it's gonna hurt. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, so right when I first got into it, they, they would have you do, like, one practice day and see how you, like, obviously go through it. Mm-hmm. And then from that point forward just kind of run you through the ropes. Uh, there's different classes, so there's senior, which was a certain weight limit. Um, no, was I think it's based on age now. Yeah, it is based on age. So it was, back in the day, it was junior, international, masters. Okay. Masters was like 400 pounds up. Okay. Um, international, you would have to meet a weight in between like 390 and 370 or something like that. And then Junior was, like, for the kids, but they had restrictor plates inside the uh, motor. Yeah. Now, it's by age. And then, as soon as you fucking weather up, or if you're super young, it's all depending on what class you're running. Sometimes they'll run them in uh, combined classes, so it'd be, like, your group A, group B. Yeah. And then go from there. Uh, But, yeah, over at the LVKC track, they tried running them with 100cc carts. That didn't work well. <laughs> no. And then they tried running us with 125ccs and 250cc shifters. Yeah. Uh, they would have us, like, start and just go for it. And then they'd have the shifter cart start by the time that we get to the final turn. Because yeah. they knew that shifter cart would literally hook and book from that point forward. Um, they used to run the 80ccs and the 100ccs, but then two kids collided and one of them flipped. And it was just a shit show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That was more or less through the karting. When I was doing karting, it was a lot more lenient. Um, with When it came down to rules, like, I could still race with everybody 18 or older. It's just my dad had to be there to sign the waiver every single time. Sure. I tried getting back into it, and 
the cart wasn't jetted right, and I got super discouraged because I was like, fuck, I was doing so good, and now I'm just like fucking dog water. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, you know, this might not be for me anymore, and then that's when I bought the RX-7. I gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, I don't have a cart. I would uh, plan on kind of buying into a team mm-hmm. and, you know, using their their whole package and just show up and race type of thing, but that's obviously way more expensive. But it's it's kind of like a, the same price as pro motorcycle racing. It's not cheap either way. It's probably no. five, five to ten grand a weekend just to show up. Uh, one of the guys I was doing HPD over at work, Aaron, um, that's what he did. He did a uh, tag, yeah. just 125cc ITC and everything. Uh, he did one race event with Nash, and a buddy of mine, Zach, the, ironically, the guy that got me the job over at Exotics Racing, uh, he's their mechanic, and he was telling me, he was like, yeah, it's like, it's a very expensive race weekend, and I was like, man, I don't... It's a lot of money. Um, later on down the road, like, in the long run, you would save yourself a lot of money because you would learn how to work on the cart because you're going to be the only one that's going to be working on it. Yeah. But you're on, you're your own entity. So, if you're going to get signed on with the race team, it's not the race team that's winning. It's you're yourself as a person, sole individual winning. Mm-hmm. That shows a lot, especially when it comes to, like, other guys just trying to feel out and find other talent. Mm-hmm. Now, too old. What the fuck? I'm way too old. Right. I get in a cart, I'll fold my ribs in half. <laughs> um, yeah, it hurts uh, if you go over bumps and uh, you can break ribs without yeah, hitting anything. I, I, I bruise ribs. I've, I've hurt this collarbone right here. Um, I flipped one. I, <laughs> I've done some damage. Uh, they seem like they're pretty resilient, though. They don't break too easily unless you really hit a barrier pretty hard. It depends on what chassis you get. Because there's some chassis where they hook and book. But you hit one curb, it'll it'll tweak the chassis. That's it. Your oh. your day's done. And then there's some other chassis that are like really robust, but they're a lot heavier. So if you're trying to make weight, or if you're a couple pounds like heavier than you weight you need to be, mm-hmm. that's it. You're yeah. that's the well. When you start doing like race events like Scusa and like Rock the Rio, there's there's some race teams over there that will spend hundreds thousands of dollars to get their team out there just to win that race and get the purse. Yeah. Because if you do good over there, they might get picked up by a Formula team like Formula 4 or 3, 2. You won't get picked up and dropped into a Formula 1. But right. here comes the thing. Racing, money. Oh, yeah. If you don't got money, that's it. Yeah. You know, R.I.P. That's why I like drifting so much. Because <laughs> I, I just do it for fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Did you ever... I'm crying inside, but yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> did you ever compete with drifting or just do like track days for drifts? I, I did one event where it was a sanctioned event, not even with, like, Vegas Drift or anything else like that. It was literally... <laughs> there's a bank there now. But it was a event, a car show, that was in between Spring Mountain and... Wynn. Okay. The hotel, hotel casino? No, just, like, the road Wynn. Okay. <laughs> like, in between Wynn and, like, Decatur. Okay. On Spring Mountain. Now there's a giant wall there. There used to be a very big open parking lot, but in a Chase Bank. Or Bank of America, sorry. So they're, they had the whole parking lot fenced off, um, and they're having a locals drift event. So they're saying, anybody want to sign up? There's no restrictions. There's a cash prize. And I was like, I got a Nissan 240SX with, like, two extra set of tires. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, I went to go and do that event, 
and then I I started realizing it was a little shaky when all my friends were getting me. They're like, "Hey, man, they want you to do like a car stunt show." It's like, dog, I only got like <laughs> so much tire with me. And what do you mean? I thought it jumps or something. Or? No, it was just like, oh, they want you to like do donuts, drift near the fence, and everything else like that, and all this other good stuff. Just don't hit anybody. Right. <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna hit anyone. It's like a sanctioned street takeover. I do not advocate for street takeovers whatsoever, just so everybody's on the same page right here and now. If you go to a street takeover, you're risking your your life. You're risking everything. Your whole family lineage at that point in time. Right. um, They arrested civilians, uh, viewers. Seattle, there was a fucking mass shooting. Really? I was just watching it on the way over here. Wow. No, I mean, not while I was driving. Of course. While I was driving. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the cops tried to break it up. Um... They either could retreat or they could escalate the situation. They they took the L, they retreated, and then all of a sudden it was like a big shootout when it happened. Like four people died, wow. a bunch of other bullshit. The cops retreated, they didn't... Yeah, well, all the pedestrians started just grabbing like road clothes signs and started just pushing all the cop cars back. It was like wow. fucking pure anarchy. That's wild, like thousands of people But we can't probably. get together and like try to fix global warming no, or anything. Fuck that, why not? <laughs> just to drift around the... The whole reason why we need to drive cars and they're just like, nah, it's way too much work. <laughs> We're going to do donuts in an intersection. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, what the right? hell? And then you see, I see these videos on Instagram. People are drifting at an intersection that hit like three people. Right? Oh, yeah. They're just standing oh, I, I, I literally live by those videos. I, I see those <laughs> videos happen all the time. And I'm just like, ran out of talent. Well, it's like, I think uh, the thing is people at rally events and takeovers, they want to touch the car, right? Yeah. That's a whole lot of car to touch <laughs> at a swift... 100 miles an hour oh rally event. You're like, look at the out. Audi Quattro coming by. The Group B car <laughs> takes your arm off. You're all like, this is so sick. <laughs> and that's it. You lost your form and five digits right then and there. Those guys crack me up too because it's it's like Europe's version of the OG takeover. Right. It's like, let's haul ass down this dirt road. And then all of a sudden, people are just looking at each other like, dude, we should get like as close as possible to right. the stage. I want to smell what the driver smells like. On the outside of the corner, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck it. If he comes in too hot, you just take, take the me. wheel. Take me. It better be the steering wheel or the fucking... Either a wheel to help you get more grip or the steering wheel to help you watch out because yeah. it ain't going to look good. Um, but yeah, back, back to Seattle. Like, four people got shot... And then they ended up, the police ended up just, like, waiting on the outskirts of, like, every intersection. So whoever was going to leave was probably going to get a ticket and everything else like that. They probably didn't think anything bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it was just a fucking massacre. Yeah. It sucks. Um, yeah, Vegas, there's takeovers right next to my house. Um, there was a charger folded all over the curb. Like, my neighborhood's not that bad either. There's not a lot of takeovers over there. All my neighbors are good. I have no HOA, which I'm really proud about. But it's crazy when you're driving to work and you're like, oh, he went way too hot into the corner. And you <laughs> see the whole rear wheel and tire folded in half underneath oh, no. the car, and the car's still up on the curb, trunks open, hoods open. It just like, left it there. The jackals went after it after that. <laughs> it's like you see a two-door char- Challenger. Yeah. Like, scat pack, and everybody's like, oh, this emblem looks really good. Right. Time to rip everything off you can. Yeah. So, yeah, street takeovers are nuts, and I I did a lot of dumb shit back in my day, and it it's on YouTube, but 
I'm not going to give you any hints. I'm going to let you try to find that out on your own. So what's the statute of limitation on something like that? There ain't no limitation. They can always statute. come after you? You're fucked. <laughs> no matter what? You're, you're, so let's put it this way. Um, and I had a conversation with one of the guys that runs the task force for Metro, specifically for takeovers, because mm-hmm. he used to be a track member over at Speed Vegas a long time ago before the merger. And he was like, I'm not going to profile you as a person. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to profile you about the car you drive. Mm. It's it's not the fact of the matter is that I don't know you, and I can't do it based on the way you look, what race you are, um, like if your tint's too dark or anything else. But he said, if I get a call about a Dodge Charger, Challenger, anywhere in between that, and I see a Dodge Charger Challenger with 5% tint, I'm just going to pull you over and check the tread depth of your tire. Okay. Because any cop here in Vegas can pull you over, literally, to check the depth of your tire. Really? Yeah. That's, so, uh, that's a legal thing you can do? So if they pull you over and they deem that that car is not safe for road travel, that's what it comes down to. Hmm. So yeah, statute of limitations. I can throw it right off the table. There ain't no, there ain't no safe gate, safe gate there. Cause I see tons of people like uh, with motorcycles mainly, cause that's what I'm mostly into is mm-hmm. the bikes, just ripping down the freeway doing 150, posting on Instagram. Oh, those are rookie like, numbers. I've seen some of my friends do like 201 on the 215. For example, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I'm like, you're posting that under your own account with your name on it. Couldn't they just uh, come sure. to your house and arrest you? <laughs> they can. Um, if they really want to dig deep into it, depending if you're, well, most likely if at that point in time, if your profile is private, it's probably going to be public because mm-hmm. everybody's yeah. searching it. for internet clout. It's, it's where they just literally either pull you off to the side, say, hey, this you? Yeah? You got to have a talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, that's what drives me up the wall with some people in their cars. It's like they have their Instagram name on the side of it. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like Instagram, my name. Watch me do a hundred and sixty-five dollar fucking two fifteen. <laughs> Split two cars right right down uh, the center. That's what that's what gets me is that if you want to be incognito and do some hood rat shit. Don't have your fucking Instagram name on your license plate. Or anything identifiable. Exactly. Like stickers or, you know, I uh, I used to have my, my name on my plate in mm-hmm. Michigan. I'm like, that's probably stupid, right? People yeah. can identify who you are. The cops will pull anybody over just to pull them over. It's, yeah. it's not... If you're fucking up, you're going to get fucking pulled over. If yeah. there's a cop by. Uh, they're... The radio is quicker than any other fucking vehicle I've ever seen in my life. You can't. You can go as fast as you want, but you can't outrun a radio. Exactly. So if there happens to be another person within the same vicinity, that's it. Um, there's plenty of times where I heard NHP backing off of pursuits, just in case somebody was going too fast. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, excuse me. No worries. Um, just because it's it's too dangerous, unsafe now. Exactly, and it happens, but. You know, even their sergeants or their bosses or anything else like that, they're not going to just add fuel to the fire. Right. If God's just going to do his own fucking work <laughs> right then and there. It's he's either going to get away or he's going to crash and die. Yep. And if he crashes, guess what? I didn't waste two gallons of fuel to come and get you. Right. And but if they have your plate, if they have a camera rolling, they'll just come to your house. And most likely they always do. 
So it's I've seen cars literally get towed with Metro all all around like the same neighborhood because one street over is just a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, like I've seen some people get in trouble at car events. Mm. Like cops show up or on top of everything else, there's an undercover unit and it's like, wow, that's a silverish gray charger with custom wheels and 5% tint. Is this your car? And then that's when everybody's eyes get big. They're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's my car. Now couldn't you just say, oh, it got stolen. It wasn't me. I found it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, hold, hold that up in court. Yeah, Let, right? me know. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten in trouble. I've gotten plenty of reckless driving and speeding tickets and everything else like that. I've been in jail before, but it's, uh, luckily, I've gotten time served for all the dumb shit I've done. It's more or less like a wake-up call when the judge is looking at it. He's like, I know your dad, dude. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you really want to fuck around? I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to get bad. And I've had one judge pull me off the side, literally walking out of the courthouse, and and he scolded me right then and there. He's like, if I see you back here ever fucking again... Yeah. I swear, I will live up the whole term. And I was like, got it. Yeah. Got it, 100% got it. For sure. It's, uh, it's a big wake-up call. You know, having fun is one thing, but then getting in trouble or arrested is a whole other animal. Mm. And it changed the whole course of my life. I mean, I made it a career uh, in motorsports now. And uh, before, I probably would have gotten hit by a car yep. uh, from doing that. So uh, at the time, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. But looking back, I'm like, I want to actually thank that cop. You know who arrested me? In a yeah, way, you know what I mean. I wouldn't thank him. I, I just, <laughs> I would just say it's like I'm doing a lot better now. Yeah, bitch. But I would never. Gone, I would have never gone to the track. Yeah. If I never got arrested. You know, I always, if it wasn't going to be that, it was probably going to be something else I'd watch on TV. Yeah. Like Grand Turismo came out with a movie for uh, Yawn, I believe. Is just, it out now? I don't know if it's out. It's now, out soon, I think. It's, I just remember seeing the previews, and it looks great. Yeah, it's just Grand Turismo still can't get their car noises right <laughs> in, in a movie. Right, and because I play their game, I'm like, wow, this Chevy Camaro does not sound like an RC car. <laughs> but yeah, here we are. Um, yeah, they they tried killing it, and honestly, they're probably gonna do a really good job with it. The uh, back to the story about you know, cops and everything else, like, when you see motorsports online in a race, everything else, you're like, dude, this guy is fucking flying. I could do that. Yeah, right? I could do that. It's like, it's it's not the fact of the matter of you doing dumb shit on the road that's going to get yourself into trouble. It's you just trying to get that one track day in and seeing that you're not shit. <laughs> yeah, we not. see that every day with every first-time day. drivers. So, uh, we're coaches. We coach at Exotics Racing and, uh, most of the students, I'd say, are first-timers. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, whenever I'm inside the classroom, I always ask them, it's like, is your first time here? Or most Majority of people raise their hand. Probably 80, 90% of the people are first-timers. Uh, maybe less than that. I would, well, yeah, I would say probably 70, 80. Probably 90%. Is that what you said? 80, 80 90. 90. Yeah. Yeah, Somewhere thank God I said that first. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's, it's 80, 90. Um, yeah, no, it's 89% of everybody showing up for their first time, and they're just like, oh, I want to do this. I could go fast on the freeway. And I've, I've been driving for 30 that's years. The wor- that's the worst drive. thing that I've... Uh, <laughs> I hate that answer so much. And I, I give them the most sarcastic answer back. And I'm like, oh, nice, that's not this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I always tell them, it's like, look, I get it. It's like, any my Toyota can do 140 miles an hour down the freeway if I had 10 miles of freeway. Yeah. But I'm letting you know right now... 
I got to get you to do that same amount of speed within a quarter of a mile. Different perspective now. But everybody thinks that, oh, this car goes as fast as I can. Like, this car's going to take care of me. No. Yeah. me. <laughs> I'm taking care of you. I think people really overestimate their, their skills. Because yes. I have a lot of, you know, older men who have been, I've been driving for 30 years. I know how to drive. But they've never been on a racetrack before. Yeah. And my favorite part is drag racing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I drag race all the time. <laughs> well, we I'm have like, quarters, okay. and we use the brakes out here. It's like, you know how to use the throttle pedal? You got it. There's no clutch pedal, so you don't have to worry about that. You know that brake pedal over there? <laughs> we need to use it. <laughs> so what's uh, what's the most common error that you see for new drivers? Is it braking or cornering or a little bit of everything or confidence with tires? They want to spin the car? Well, they don't want to spin, but their actions create the car to want to spin. You're going to love this answer. Ego. Ego. When we get people to show up, right? Already in their head, there's a mindset. That mindset right then and there is, if I can do this in my car at an everyday basis, I should be able to go super fast here. Yeah. I don't care if it's a Geo Metro or if it's a F8 Tributo Ferrari. They always think that they can go faster because there's a lot of trigger words associated with the whole experience. Because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's just an experience. But you see things like green, race, leaderboards, mm-hmm. everything that has to associate with a racetrack. Still technically a racetrack, but still an experience. You have tools to keep everybody safe, everything else. But the tool of checking somebody's ego, that's the hard part. Because there's a fine balance between customer service and putting somebody on the spot. Find the balance, you're okay. You don't find the balance, and then there's always one outweighing the other. Either somebody's ego is going to get ahead of themselves, and they're going to put themselves at risk. Or you're going to fucking scream at them, and all of a sudden they're going to get in a lot of trouble. So... It's everybody's mindset. It's the human brain that gets everybody in trouble, because expectations exactly what they want, and it's it's what they want. But a lot of the people usually, I mean, honestly, women, they do the best. They, they do the fucking best. They actually listen and try. To I buy love it. it. <laughs> it's I always get along with every girl that I have inside the car. Tell them, hey, just try this. Stay away from that. You'll be good. Yeah. That's it. You know why? Because they're not fucking egotistical. Yep. Now, when you get an egotistical lady, fuck. <laughs> That's tougher. It's tough because I got a charisma my way into just getting you back down to planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So, I use that as more or less a tool in the tool chest just to get everybody, like, a really good sense of awareness for what them put, what they're putting themselves into. And especially even at like 120 miles an hour, and tell you it's like you need to use the brakes because if you don't, I'm gonna start laughing. Why? Because <laughs> we're going for a run. So it always happens. And my favorite, my favorite line: is brakes, please, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. And that's it's where like calmly too. Yeah, and that's the thing is that everybody starts loosening up. Like as soon as you get somebody to laugh, you get yeah. somebody to smile. It's like the chains of the ego kind of loosen up to the point where that it's either you can pull them back down. 
or on top of everything else, they more receptive to what advice you might be able to give them to go faster the right way. Sure. Because it's not turn fast, go fast, pedal to the metal, everything else. You're just going to be the first one straight off the fucking track. Right. So it's just like bikes. The more momentum you got, you're going to be in the first place. If you know what to do with the momentum. If you don't know what to do with the momentum, you're the first one in the wall. Right. Yeah. Momentum. So momentum always wins, too. Yeah. What it is. <laughs> it's just ego. So uh, I get this car question all the time. What's your favorite car to to be in? What's your favorite car out here? I'm like, well, usually whatever car I'm in right then is my favorite car. Yeah. I mean, there's positives and negatives of every car. Mm. Um, there's certain cars I like more than others. Mm. But um, yeah, Lamborghini Gallardo is my favorite. I do like that car actually. It's um, people tend to hate it because of how jerky the brake is. So I wish you were there for the Super Ligera. Yeah. The Lamborghini Gallardo Super Ligera. Eric, I'm telling you. <laughs> Even better. That car was so good. Analog four-wheel drive. Not some fancy, like, four-wheel drive system that's selective, like, you know, old Nissan Skyline GTRs or the newer GTR or, like, Porsche mm-hmm. or anything else. It's analog. You get a split of all-wheel drive. That's it. It's not adjustable. Fuck. You're... That's it. <laughs> All said and done. Yeah. But you felt everything. And the brake pedal was normal. Right. Normal. <laughs> so it made more horsepower sound great. Carbon fiber everywhere. Yeah. Um, the Gallardo, I don't mind the Gallardo. I, I don't mind the Gallardo because I can instruct in the Gallardo and still get everybody to go fast, pass a Huracan, which is more expensive, okay. and stay away from the 430 that makes me go deaf. Right. So it's just on how you lay out the land. So if I tell you the brake pedal is a little funny, it's like nothing, 100%. And once again, the ego comes down. It's like, okay, I really need to listen in on this. Right. But now you're in my ball court. Yeah. Yeah, I always say for the Lamborghini, the Gallardo, it's uh, 0 to 15% does nothing. Once yep. you get past 20%, then it fights really hard. Yep. Um, yep, so yep. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, difficult to be finessed with it, uh, but... Yeah, I'm getting. I'm thinking. I'm getting better at coaching the students and getting them to understand. Yeah, it's just all in how easy you put it down. It's the same thing I say in subclass too. It's like I'll put it down really easy. It's just all in whether you're willing to pick it up. Sure. So, and the thing is, is that don't make it. A lot of people don't realize, especially it doesn't have to do with our job or anything else. It has to do with every racetrack. It's that you don't want to make it harder for yourself, because then you're going to make it harder on your student. So there's a lot of other companies that will do lead follow, Mm. as in the definition on that, you have an instructor in front of you, a car follows you around the track, it's really easy to stare at a bumper, but that's all you're doing. You're just staring at a bumper and you can't really do anything else from there. And you can't really get passing orchestrated too safe because Mm. then you have other people doing the same thing. Um, Are you passing the instructor? I don't know. I just saw six cars go by me. Totally different scenario. Uh, But... It all comes down to the same thing. It's how you're explaining it to your student or students or class or anything else because that's what's setting yourself up for failure or for success is that am I going to make it harder and talk to this guy that has no idea what he's doing about angles, certain percentages of approach, how to turn in, where my hands should be, all while we're doing 120 miles an hour into the corner. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to tell you to look left, see where your next checkpoint is, now turn in, slowly release the brakes. Just keep it as easy as possible because if you make it harder for yourself, then you're going to make your life harder. But if they have fun and everything else, then everything's good. Um, damn, she really did give me a lot of fucking hot sauce. You're here for next month. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, um, it's, uh, I've coached for MSF, or you know, people getting their license, who just learned what a clutch is. Yeah. And so th- there's people... As and not, as not, not this one we're talking about. This hand, one. Hand clutch. Yeah. Yep. And so um, there's people who are saying, oh, MSF doesn't teach the right concepts. It's, I'm like, yes, we're not teaching you MotoGP techniques the first day you get on a motorcycle. 100%. We're teaching you how to not fall down. Yeah. And ride at 20 miles an hour. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it was a big understanding or eye-opening moment for me when I first started getting better and, and learning more skills. Like, I thought, they lied to me. Well, no. Your skills need to evolve as you get better. And you got to start from the foundation and then work yourself up. Some of the things you learn at day one maybe don't apply when you're an expert or professional now. Yeah. You know, your, your concepts have to change. And that's all it is, the concept. Right. So... Yeah, and, and you have to learn how to coach to that specific person. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to say the same thing to every person because this person might might know, uh, have been at the track for 20 years. This person might be their first day or somewhere in between. Yeah, this person's been here for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, and the crazy thing with bikes, too, is because everybody on a motorcycle, it's not, you don't have any grip. You have, you have to lean to provide grip. It's camber grip. Yeah. And what really surprised me was, the way that you manipulate the tire on the bike, so you put it lean, use that Side camera load. grip, but you can't snap off the throttle or just absolutely whiskey throttle it. Yeah. Because then it just takes that contact patch and just throws it all away. Yeah. And a lot of the guys, they really didn't get that. They're like, oh, I slid out. Okay, why did you slide out? Well, I was leaning, and then all of a sudden I took my hand off the throttle because I thought I was going too fast. Yeah. And they're like, that's where you fucked up. Yeah. You should have just straightened up and just went straight, and then just try to save yourself right then and there and break in a straight line. Same thing with cars. If you're going to mess up, you should really go straight. Yeah. More contact patch on the floor, the better it is, the more you can slow down if you have the brakes or, you know, power or anything else like that. It's crazy how the philosophies work, but, yeah, I used to have... Um, two mini motos, super motards. Okay, yeah. Uh, I had a 450 super motard, and then I had a 140 Berean that I had a China bike. I think <laughs> it was a China bike. Yeah, it was a China bike. But I I stroked it to like 150 cc's. I missed that bike so much. Yeah. Um, and there was like these little events over at Pro Park here in Vegas where they set up fences, a little kicker jump. Yeah. And you'd go and do your little mini super moto and stuff. I didn't realize how many people got into it until I started seeing like some guys like, yeah, I'm probably like 16 grand deep. And I'm like, look. <laughs> Where? Yeah, right in the engine. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I poured and polished everything. Like, everything's so super good. And it's like, it makes this much horsepower and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I'm 14 years old. And no. Yeah. Hey, I don't make that much money. Yeah, Supermoto's great. I mean, uh, I think the miles to dollar ratio is off the charts as far as getting into bikes. Yes. Um, uh, in Michigan, I got into Supermoto about two or three years ago with uh, 50s, 100s, 150s, mm. 300s, and 450s, and uh, they have quite a few tracks out there that we go to for Minimoto and Supermoto, and some of them are pavement only, uh, so Motard, uh, some of them have mix of pavement and dirt, mm. and some of them, there's one track in particular, we call it the Triple Crown, it has a flat track, oval, uh, it has um, motocross jumps, mm. and then it has a kart track. So we got three different different disciplines in one lap. Oh wow! That and, is a triple uh, crown. Yeah, we can it's a fucking Catalina wine mixer yeah, all in one track. It's right amazing. In America. Sometimes they do uh, 
like payment only for that session mm -hmm. for one hour, and then they'll switch to Mo uh, Supermoto mix. Just different configurations. Different configurations, all the same event, same same track, uh, for different hours. So some people don't want to do dirt, some people don't want to do payment only. So yeah, it's a good mix. Yeah, yeah. It's over at um, the old track. They they tried Supermoto, and they're just the guys were like, oh, so dirt's too dirt, <laughs> too dirty." It's right. difficult. Like I'm coming from mostly road racing, no mm -hmm. dirt, um, and going into the dirt now. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. This yep. is a different animal. You're like, I can't lean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing a dirt roost about 25 feet behind me, and I'm not going anywhere. This yeah. is it's just survive. Right. It's just point. get through it. Don't crash. Don't fall down. And then you get on the road, and you're like, dude, this thing's a filthy fucking mess. Yeah. There's I I crashed uh, one time in particular. I got back on the pavement got on it too hard because they still had dirt on my tires mm. and spun up too. I mean, the crashing is way better generally in supermoto. You're not going as fast. The jumps yeah. aren't as high. Yeah. And the bikes crash phenomenally. They don't get really damaged. Mm. I was borrowing my buddy's bike and I crashed it. And I was like, I felt so bad. I'm like, I brought it back right back into the pit lane. It worked just fine. No no issues. No scratches or anything. But I'm like, I, I just crashed your bike. It's like, where? Go back out there. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> no, this one, uh, this leg right here, so I got compound tip fib on this one because I whacked the throttle too hard on the 450, 12 o'clocked it. Is that a Husqvarna? What kind of bike? It was a CRF. Okay. C no, it was an XR. It was CR. This okay. was a while ago. Um, yeah, I whacked it way too hard, and I thought I had enough stopping time. Um, so the bike came down. I was like, okay. Went to go grab the brake. Fucking front end. That washed away. Yeah, it's still on knobs on the front, and I just, I, I just grabbed way too much brake way too quick, washed out. I fucking fell down, and it wasn't the fall that got me. It was the fact that the bike tumbled and then landed on top of my leg. Ah. Yeah, so it I got... It doesn't happen that often, really. No, it really doesn't. And it, what happened was that the way that the bike went down, it didn't fall on my hand. It grabbed the grip, mm. and then the grip honestly provided a lot of traction because it was kind of low speed at this point because we're slowing down and then the bike started coming around like this I had enough inertia for the bike to topple on over ah yeah damn and I, I fell back and I, and I almost landed on my feet it's just I slid back a little bit and as soon as I slid back my legs were like this open for prom and <laughs> yeah. then I just took out my left one damn it's all healed up though yeah yeah th this was like 10 12 years ago no lasting issues you know what? I could still walk. So. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I could walk, run, jump on a trampoline. Shout out to uh, Seth Beatty, my orthopedic. Yeah. He uh, out. saved my ass <laughs> on that one. Yeah, I remember the the trip to the hospital because it was when I had the Evo X. Um, the ex-wife was driving me all the way out there, and then all of a sudden it was just like I was on my leg. I was like, "Fuck! I fucked up." I couldn't feel anything because I had so much adrenaline going. Yeah. We get in the hospital, and I just started hitting on all the nurses because they shot me up with a lot, and they're like the good shit. Yeah. So I, I just started hitting on the nurses. My fucking ex-wife was right there. Was she ex-wife at the time? No. <laughs> yeah, of course not. And I, they were like, oh, how are you feeling? I was like, I fucking feel great. We're all going to dinner. The fuck, she could come too. And I'm, I'm like pointing at my ex-wife, and I was higher than kite. Um, that orthopedic came in, and he was just telling me, he was like, I can just take the whole leg off. Chop it off. It was like, dude, I know guys with prosthetics that run faster than I do. It's less weight, right? It is. Like, you could carbon fiber, put a couple stickers on it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it was, I told him, I was like, ah, that, that's good. Um, It was like 4.30 in the evening, mm -hmm. Friday. 
And he was just like, I'm going on vacation in the next three days. You're going to hang out. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm in the hospital, and I don't do any drugs, like aspirin. I barely take aspirin. So I'm in the hospital, and they're shooting me up with every single fucking drug underneath the periodic <laughs> chart. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm in the hospital bed. Uh, kidneys fail. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's so, Yep. So I started fucking, it looked, literally looked like Kool-Aid coming out. And the nurse is like, your, your kidneys are failing. And I was like, oh, this sucks. So this is like where the waterworks start coming. I was fucking balling out of control. And my wife at the time, you know what she does? Leaves. Really? Yeah. Fuck her. Damn. I hope she gets hit by a bus. <laughs> I, so I hate her so much. You need a kidney to survive, right? Huh? You need your kidneys, right? Yeah, you so one of them? Le- later on down the road, like they were like, we're going to monitor you. We're going to put you on some different medications. We're going to see what happens. What happened was it was a too much, too soon, shock. Mm. Put put my kidneys in shock, and then all of a sudden everything started getting better. So I couldn't handle all the meds. Probably, and honestly, it was it was tough. Like going from the hospital, my leg was like this, crooked, and then they yeah. reset my leg, and then <laughs> when I when they reset my leg, <laughs> this is what happened. Anesthesiologist comes in. I gotta knock you out. We're gonna straighten your leg out because you definitely don't want to be awake for this one. Cool. Yeah. Knock me out. They straighten my leg out. And it's still looking a little rough. Um, I come to. They wake me up. And I was like, oh, that wasn't that. So what happened was, it was, I came to. They didn't shoot me up with morphine yet. So it was like, they needed the room for somebody else. And I just had to get carted out of there super quick. Yeah. Right, broken leg. Meanwhile, somebody was probably fucking dying. Right. Which is totally understandable. They wheel me out, and when I woke up, I've never felt worse pain. Like, it it hurt less when I broke the fucker. Yeah. It's now, no adrenaline now. Exactly. So they wake me up, and I literally, I I got up, and I, and I rose from the bed like this. I was like, and I'm looking at the nurse, and, and I see one nurse running yeah. down the hallway. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, my God, it hurts so bad. And she was like... But here, here you go. And I was like, just take it off now. <laughs> and that, I'm still fucking traumatized at how much pain that hurt. I bet. So, it, they, she came in, shot me up with morphine. I laid down and I was like, that sucked. I don't want to do that again. She was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to give you this before you woke up. And uh, I was like, I get it. Fuck me. <laughs> just that time hurt. Uh, I was down for eight or nine months. Uh, yeah, recovered. Never went to rehab, though. No so. physical therapy or anything? No. No AA? No, definitely, definitely no <laughs> AA on that one. If it was an AA, it better be an AA gun. Right. <laughs> put me on the other side of it. Uh, let's see. After that recovery time, I ended up selling, like, all my drift toys that I had at the time just to make rent and everything yeah. else. Pay the bills. And when I snapped my leg, it was the day before the interview over at Exotics Racing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that I put was, it off for a little while. That was a very, very awkward phone conversation. Like, hey, I snapped my leg in half. I'm so sorry. So you, you know, started almost a year later then after that? Yeah. Uh, luckily, I gave him another phone call, and I remember talking with uh, one of the leads. Now... Uh, talked to Texan or at the Vegas Drift event. Okay. Just shooting shit. You yeah. Know? He was just like, yeah, it's probably you and Luigi because we got hired at the same day. Okay. And I've known Luigi ever since like high school. Yeah. So. so you grew up together, kind of. Yeah. It's uh, he's he's a wild card too. <laughs> so me and him talked with each other and ended up doing our first week and yeah, it was okay. 
Now, yeah, back to the lake. Uh, lake healed up. It's still off, a little crooked here and there. It's got yeah. a little bit of camber, like <laughs> gateway, but it's okay. I can run, jump, trampoline. So, um, how, long, kick. how long have you been uh, coaching for? So I worked at Vegas Off-Road, man, probably like seven years ago, eight years ago. Well, we're 2023 right now. Yeah, 2013, 2014 is when I started the whole instructing thing. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to get down the road and put something on the resume. Yeah. And that was, yeah, 2013, 2014, maybe 2015. Um, so I worked there for like a year, year and a half, two years. Uh, same guys that have this thing over at Speed Vegas. Yeah. Same company, same trucks too, ironically. Okay. Um, then after that, started at Exotics because I wanted to have something on the resume to help me out. Nowhere near the same thing. Like, I honestly think that did more harm than good. Um, in some situations, but honestly, like, I kind of, like, paved the way, because Vegas Off-Road, you're, you're hustling. Yeah. You, you gotta work, because that's when we did, like, 60, 90, 120-mile tours. Wow. And I would have to sit in the right seat with random people while we're going 80 miles an hour across the desert, and I see <laughs> tires hopping up left and right, and I'm like, you're doing great. That's like the Dakar Rally. You're doing great. <laughs> Don't turn. <laughs> Follow the trail. It was awful. Um, and you have was, no windshield, right? Yeah, and it was oh, middle of summer. 110 degrees out. Fuck would sign up for that in the middle of summer. <laughs> so yeah, this is great. It's Boulder City, too. Uh, it was awful. So yeah, I started there. Um, I want to say probably like, instructing-wise, 8 to 10 years. Exotics racing, like, 6 to 8. Okay. Fight, yeah. 6, 7. And now you're doing a lot of classroom as well as coaching in the cars. Yes. How do you like the classroom compared Much to more. in the car? Much better. Yeah? yeah. You don't have to be uh, holding off your dear life. Yeah, it's I'm really good with people, like crowds of people. Get them to laugh. Yeah. Get them to listen. Like it's I keep it very, like how am I supposed to say, it? mindfully consensual. Sure. <laughs> so that way everybody can pick it up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's everybody has a lot more fun with me. But as long as they have fun inside the classroom, like let's say like their dopamine of fun never dwindles down, mm-hmm. then it reflects really good for all the other guys. And then I ended up still doing really good at the end of the day. Sure. Because I don't want to talk about what we do at the end of the day, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Sure. So <laughs> that, that's the thing is that it's still an experience. It's all on how you make it. It has to be fun. Right. If it's not fun and you have a, like a pale face on you and you're just like, <laughs> and everybody's going to be like, what the hell did I just pay for? Right. So it's, and I even tell them inside the classroom, like, I get it, it's expensive. I want to make sure you guys get your money's worth. I just got to make sure you guys do it right. Yeah. So I always level with people all the time. Um, it's easier for me to do that than it is trying to do, like, anything with the right seat. I used to be very adamant on being in the right seat all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I loved it. The one-on-one experience, like, HPDs, doing, like, race car stuff. I loved it until I did it for too much for, like, too much of a span of, like, a couple weeks, and it has nothing to do with anybody that we're working with right now. It was had everything to do with everybody that I was working with prior from that time. Mm-hmm. It's that once you get burnt out, it's hard to get that razzle-dazzle back to kind of, like, get back in the groove. Yeah. Um, I tried, like, working 98 hours every pay period. Yeah. 100-hour weeks. Yeah. Or 100-hour bi-weeks. 
And some people are like, oh, Mike, I would do this for fucking free for all these weeks. I'm like, the fuck you will. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it takes so much mental aptitude to make sure that you could make somebody have fun in the driver's seat without scaring the shit out of yourself and then make sure that they keep the car on track all at the same time. But you got to give them five-star customer service. Sure. It's all crazy. at the same time. And you're going 100 miles an hour, this, you know, all yeah. they're doing this. It, it's, it all happens within, like, five seconds. Yeah. Break, turn, you're having fun. Why aren't you breathing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It, it's so tough. Like, when I first started, it was super tough because we had one classroom guy. That was the main guy. He would watch the videos. He would do the classroom. He would do everything. He was the instructor manager, and he had assistants at the time. And he would ride my ass. Yeah. He would ride my ass so hard. Like, it was, it was shitty because I would, I would dread the day I would show up to work because I was just figuring out what the fuck I'm going to fuck up with this time. Yeah. Um, later on down the road, it was more or less like me reflecting with myself and it's like, okay, I got to double down. He's right. It's like safety this, safety that. I get it. It's just, I got to change everything that I'm doing. Sure. So it ended up working out. Uh, There's a couple instances where shit hit the fan and it's nobody's fault but my own, but it's, uh, that's in the past and it's going to stay there. Now, yeah, I'm just trying to finish my drift car. So you're working on, uh, you got another car in your garage you've been working on lately, I've been seeing? It's a Mazda RX-7. Mazda. It's got a Chevy LS1, LS6 in it. So it's a 5.7, all aluminum. Uh, it has a Tremec TKO 5-speed race transmission behind it, or just a Tremec TKO built mm-hmm. transmission behind it. Um has a FDF angle kit on it from the guys up in Canada. Okay. Thank you, boys. And then... Shit, what else? Yeah, it's it's got not one stock part in it. <laughs> I think the only stock part that's in it is the differential, but the differential is like a 410. It'll, it'll be fine for what I'm doing right now. Um, yeah, it's I've been building this car... Fuck. Got me thinking now. Couple Sorry. Months, I, couple years? It, it's, it's been... Started building this car right when I got TikTok. Or I built the car first and then I got to Yeah. Car first TikTok. How old is TikTok? Huh? How old is TikTok? How That's years a great now? question. Three, four years? Um probably pre pandemic. Yeah, I think it was like pre pandemic. Twenty twenty, twenty nineteen? I don't know. I don't know. Like the TikTok. end of twenty eighteen it got popular. 18? I started building this car twenty twenty one. Okay. October 16th. Um, I remember now because that's when I got my house. Almost two years? Mm-hmm. Two years. And it looked like that. <laughs> they did some work. Show, show one of the cameras. Um, so this is right when we moved in. The cars still had the factory frame braces and all the factory, like, wiring, the factory seats, a bunch of other stuff. Nice. So now, fast forward. Sorry, that's work. It's all good. Um, fast forward. It has this 
LS6 in it and a bunch of other stuff. Nice. So you're doing it all yourself? Is your help you and your friends? So I got uh, a couple friends that helped me out with it. Bullmack, first off. Uh, he let me keep the car at his house. I ripped the motor out in his backyard. Yeah. Two hours, the rotor is gone. <laughs> it's gone and sold. Um, and then, uh, do you remember the story I was telling you with my friends that were helping me buy RX-7? Yeah. That's his old RX-7. Okay. So it went from him to my buddy, and then from my buddy to me, because I helped him work on it all the time. Sure. Right. And he's a really good guy, and he honestly knocked it out of the park with that one. Thank you. Um, Justin. So, Bullmack gave me room to keep the car, got the motor out, started working on it. He helps me out tremendously with that, so shout out to him. Uh, he really helped me out. Chowder, um, his name's Anthony, but he's he has a LS2 Mazda, or not Mazda, idiot, uh, LS2 BMW E30. Okay. So, real pissed off BMW. And he used the, I dropped the car off with the motor inside the car, and I told him, I was like, I don't have enough time to work on this. I, I gave him all the parts that are needed and showed him everything that I did already. And I was like, Let's just get it to run. I just got to make sure the motor's good. We'll go from there. Yeah. So he pieced everything together. It took him a couple weeks, maybe a month, and then I had a running car. Then I brought it back to my house, um, started buttoning up on a lot of things, and then I gave it to Alex to get it online, get the right height set. Um, Alex Ruiz, that's his last name. Alex, the lineman Alex over at Apex, or RMC, local shop here in town. Um, he nailed it. He weighed the car, corner balanced it. He did everything. The car ends up weighing 2480 with me in it. All right. Yeah, so empty tank of gas, too. Uh, later on down the road, it's probably going to weigh, like, 2,600 pounds. So, Not bad. Yeah, with... 450 horsepower because the motor has a huge ass cam in it. So yeah. it's we're we're trying to get good reliable horsepower, but the car only runs on 100, and I made sure I run really good uh, fuel with it. That gas station right next to my house right. has 100. So oh nice, it's good. Um, I pieced everything in that car together myself. I uh, bought all the parts, made sure everything at least kind of remotely fit. Uh, I pieced the motor together after I bought it from Luigi. I bought that motor a long time ago from him. He used to have an RX-7 FD, and I told him to keep it, and yeah. he ended up selling it because they were doing an EV platform with that car. Yeah. And he bought it from that guy. In, in EV, electric vehicle? Mm. So they were going to put, like, a Tesla motor in it or something like that, and I was like, oh, that's illegal. <laughs> you can't so, do that? Uh, you can. So well, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah with that car anyways. Um, later on down the road, we ended up, I bought that motor and transmission from him, I ended up selling the transmission because it was like, it was way too irreparable. The guy told me it's like, need a new one, so that's when I bought the other one. Um, I got Ferrari seats for it from a 458 Italia. Nice. Yeah, they're worth more than the car. <laughs> uh, LRB Speed did all the sheet metal on it. Uh, it has a body kit from D-Max, Modelo Drive. Uh, thank you, Traverse. Modelo Drive, like the beer? Yeah, yeah, literally. It's just called Modelo Drive. So, yeah, crack open a Modelo. Um, let's see what else. I sent the taillights to uh, AZRX7. Uh, I forgot his name. Shit. But he's got an R32 Skyline. Um, I think his name's Corey? Corey Clayton. Uh, he knocked out. He did 
all LEDs mm. in the back of the taillight, all hand-wired and everything else, so it looks sick. Yeah. Um, it's going to paint next month, August, and August. So. Would you ever put a sound system in a drift car, or is that too much weight? No, I would never do that. It's just because it's just more weight to yeah. swing swing around. Every ounce counts. It, yeah, but it's at that point in time. If I was like driving the car every day, yeah, it would it would have some yeah. to drown out the voices in my head, <laughs> just trying to tell myself I did this to myself. Right. <laughs> um, Is it street legal? Sure. Sure. <laughs> it has headlights and taillights. That's all you need, right? Uh, it's getting registered at the end of this month. Okay. You have to do like smog tests and all that for it. No. Um. It was previously registered as a classic rod, mm. so it's smog exempt. But I can only drive it for five thousand miles. A year or total? A year. Okay. So. How do yeah. they monitor that? Uh, you know, they tell you to grab this piece of paper and write down the mileage. <laughs> they don't inspect it. They so. don't update, like, check it or anything? According to that, they're all like, this is a sworn affidavit. They have so many laws. It's like, how are you enforcing this? They just don't. I don't. When it comes to getting money, everybody's working really hard. Yeah. And, like, it's not proactive. It's just on-site, on-scene. I got a piece of mail saying that my car was smoking it's like cool that infers to it running shit <laughs> yeah. hasn't so y'all let me know right and then they my favorite's like well how do we know that and that's where I tell them it's like well here's this picture back in 2021 <laughs> like you see a motor in there no <laughs> oh fuck no you don't no. crazy you could just uh, take a picture from off the internet right I can't yeah, tell. You can, literally, you can do anything you want, but the, what they and what DMV does, it's like a scare tactic. It's like, oh, this piece of paper has to be by law. So that's this big black lettering. Yeah, it's like by law. It's like, motherfucker, you do not know how quick I am with the pen. Right. <laughs> it's like by law. Oh no. Oh no. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's. It, it, I think that's funny sometimes. Is that some people was like, oh. Like, I see these license plates on cars that are definitely not a classic run. That drives me up the wall. Yeah. See, well, classic is... Full lapped out 1994 Honda Accord. Yeah. And it, the guy that's driving it, oh, it doesn't pass smog. There's a way to still get the car to pass smog. It's got to fucking fix it. Right. <laughs> if you can't, if you don't got the money to register it, then don't drive it. Yeah. Ride a bike. Is uh, vintage or classic 20 years? 25? Uh... 20 cars at 87 it might be 25 no because when I was working on it a long time ago it still had classic rock plates so I think it's 20 20 yeah I mean don't quote me on that but yeah it's somewhere in between there and now you go by Baby J how'd you get that nickname really <laughs> stands for Baby Jesus um, when I first started over at Exotics uh, Javelin one of the instructors at the time he He's like, oh, he looks like adolescent Jesus, because <laughs> I had, like, a huge beard, like, it stunk. I hated how much it stunk. Um, like, don't get me wrong, I, I washed myself, right. but it was just, like, if you sweat, and that it just lingers. Yeah. Um, and I had, like, somewhat short hair and everything else like that. Blonde hair, blue-eyed, big beard, <laughs> yeah. fucking looks like Jesus. I got this really long hair. It doesn't help my cause right now. But there, somebody said, oh, baby J, baby Jesus. Followed me. Ever since I first started working, and followed me all the way over. If you even go up on Google, you can see me and baby Jesus had a really good time. <laughs> on, at Exotics, it was, it was insane. Um, 
And now you used to have, or you were on a drift team, uh, sloppy, sloppy drifters or something like that. Is that right? And why are you gonna bring up the hard stuff? <laughs> sloppy boys. Sloppy boys. That's what it was. Yep. Sloppy boys. Um. Yeah. That was uh that was during the reckless days. So uh yeah it was 2016, 2018, 2009 or you know, it was way before COVID. So, but yeah anywhere in between like 2015 to when I broke my leg. Um yeah it was just like you know street takeovers. Yeah. <laughs> like I was doing it before they could even link a fucking intersection. Okay. So, yeah. It's because we all thought it was cool. It was all, all the old OG guys that do a lot of stunt riding with bikes, too. We used to hang out with them all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Hi, Loki. <laughs> Miss you. He's fucking crazy on a bike. Him and Jack. Man, fuck, who else? Doing, like, circle burnouts and what really... Oh, uh, they, they got it down to a fucking science now. Um, I remember Jack, he would... He would balance the bike with his with his right foot on the brake pedal, get it to the point where it would be like 1 o'clock or like 11 o'clock. And he would balance it, but he would have the clutch in, or he would have it in neutral and just peg it, the red limiter and still balance the bike while doing like 60 miles an hour and just yeah. bouncing off the red limiter. <laughs> I'm like, why does he have the clutch in? They're like, oh, he's just trying to show off his balance because he's just riding the yeah. brake and just keeping the momentum of the bike balance all the way over while he's doing this 12 o'clock. And I was just like, yeah, the engine's not engaged at all. Nope, uh, it's insane. <laughs> and you know how much the bikes love running, like top RPM when the motor's oh, yeah, clocked. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, um, it was crazy. The only person I haven't really hit it with the streets yet was uh, Dizzy, fuck. Uh, Desiree? Yeah. Yeah, Dizzy Stunts. Mm-hmm. You want to ask her? Like, just give me a growl. She got a Harley now, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Probably gonna be oh, harder. she sold it. Did she? I think she did. She had one. Where's she working now? She had a did dream? I think she's already dream. I gotta text her. Let's see what she's doing. Yeah, she's hanging out over at their spot. I'm not gonna tell you where it is, but... Oh, I'm not gonna tell the cameras where it is. I'm gonna tell you all day, every day. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're over at another spot. Yeah, uh, that's something I never really got into, uh, was the stunting. Um, you know, people always like, you're on a bike, do a wheelie. I'm like, well, I'm a racer, we do like power wheelies, but you know, yeah. anything over three inches is detrimental. Yeah. So, uh, it's, you're, you're scrubbing speed at that point. Yeah. yeah you're, you're going off bike, instead of... Yeah, your, your bike makes a really nice kite yeah. <laughs> after that point in time. Yeah. So, uh, never really got into stunting, but I, it's something I'd like to get like a stunt bike and just practice wheelies and you know, stuff like I that. You know, I had my Sierra 50. And then I have my Bream. My Bream was my track bike, but I had a little Sierra 50 that I just learned how to do, like, circle wheelies and handlebar wheelies yeah. and just, like, stand-up wheelies or, like, two two feet off the side of the bike and you kick down kind of do a superman and land on the seat again. But, um, yeah, it was... It's a lot different when you're doing with a, a TCC CRF and then you get into, like, a six... 100 ZXR, yeah, and then you're just like, this is not the same. <laughs> this yeah. bitch is fast as hell. Oh yeah, you're talking uh, 100 ho- more horsepower, mm-hmm. 100 more llamas, <laughs> easy, <laughs> big llamas too. Pissed. Yeah, I would always uh, at the track when I was in the hard braking zones on a bike. 
my goal, if I mean, it's not maybe ideal for stability on corner entry, but my goal is to always get the rear tire off the ground mm. to max to know that I'm at maximum braking pressure. Yep. Because if I'm not, I'm like, there, there's still more on the table. I don't yeah. know where it maxes my unless my rear tire's off. Funniest thing I've seen is some people, like, they're literally balancing the brake oh, yeah. with that rear tire up in the air like this. Oh, yeah. One leg off, trying to make the fucking corner. Yeah. They're like, shit, 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 you shit, shit. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny because they're using their heel to just try to keep the bike up, and then all of a sudden you start seeing them tuck in and then yeah. really start dragging their fucking head on the concrete. Right. Yeah. They're like, a curb's coming up. Fuck. <laughs> So. I podcasted with a guy, Dustin Apgar. You probably saw him online. Uh, the Gilly Man in the in the suits. He would mm. drag his helmet on the ground. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not ideal to drag your helmet because then your vision is impaired. You can't really see the best sight line. Well, not only that is that you're getting your watermelon tosses. Yeah. Like this on the tarmac. I mean, right. yeah, the tracks are well taken care of, but I'm telling you, like. One frog? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just for, like, for show. That's not yeah. really for benefit. That's what I, that's what I was figuring, because I'm not an expert with bikes at yeah. all. I, I love riding them, but after I broke my leg, clear in half, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. No more bikes. See, uh, I think of it like this. Bikes are more physically dangerous. Cars are more financially dangerous. 100%. You still get fucked up in a car. Yeah. But less so most, most of yeah. the time. Yeah. A really nice Aprila is not as much as a really nice fucking Lamborghini yeah. or Ferrari. Well, the the cost to fund ratios is better in bikes. Mm-hmm. Generally, I mean, that's why I got into bikes first. I love cars, too. It's just bikes were cheaper. I was never going to be able to afford a $100,000 car that could go as fast as yeah. a bike. And if you're riding a $100,000 bike, then there's something wrong with you. Well, I mean, MotoGP, not even MotoGP, Moto America, the professional bikes in, mm-hmm. in the U.S. are 100 grand. Yep. And super bikes, 150s probably. Mm-hmm. And they're all prototype stuff, too. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you're talking about MotoGP bike, $2 million. Yeah. You know. They, they got science yeah. funding that. Now they have uh, aerodynamics and MotoGP. Fucking. All the wings and everything. Yeah, Einstein is just literally <laughs> crunching unreal physicist numbers just trying to get everything out of that bike. Yeah. And it's crazy because you could see, like, if you really stare at the fairings mm-hmm. and everything else, you could really see, like, air dams just diverting air everywhere. Yeah. And everybody thinks, like, oh, it's just two wheels. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, that, a motherfucker's got all of Stanford behind it yeah, trying to sure. figure everything out. And now they have ride height devices where they can lower mm-hmm. their center of gravity for the starts and on the straights they do it now, too. Yep. Active air management. And, uh... Active ride height management, sorry. Yes. Active air, I'm thinking of airbags. Yeah, they do it with their thumb, I think. There's, like, a thumb lever or mm-hmm. something like that. But, uh... The so air shift was always the neat, neat thing with me. Yeah. I always thought air shifting was fucking wild. <laughs> Everybody's like, all right, first you... Quick shifting. Yeah. Quick shifting, yeah. So, it's full throttle clutchless upshifting. Mm. Just bang the lever. And downshift. Now you don't even have to use a clutch on downshifts. That's insane. Which, I don't really like that as much because... Um, some, sometimes they have auto blip too yep. so you don't have to blip the throttle anymore it yep. just does it for you but um, sometimes you want to you're shifting uh, like imagine you're at a track day and you're coaching mm-hmm. you don't always have the same exact downshifts as you would if, if you're on race pace mm-hmm. so it makes it more difficult if you're like going at a slower pace let's say that or you're really zen with like engine braking yeah and you don't got that anymore right if you got your auto blip and all of a sudden you're trying to drag the clutch out just trying to get the rear end to slow you down a little bit more different and then you got auto blip and all of a sudden you're back at fucking 14,000 RPMs you're like oh shit yep. but like the top bikes with electronics and Moto America 
each corner is different for electronics. So you can have more engine braking in a certain corner based on the GPS of that lap. Oh, my God. So it's corner-based now. Fuck, AI bikes. <laughs> while, while we're at here, fuck, don't even ride thing. it. That's the thing. They have, uh, they're developing a motors, an AI motorcycle that can go around the track. Do you remember the last time they did that with the car? It literally went Whoops, right straight and straight into the wall. <laughs> wall. <laughs> They're like, we've got this technology down. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I remember so seeing like, AI is taking it over, and all of a sudden you see this car. <laughs> and then right 20 into the feet wall. in. Yeah. <laughs> Zero to 20, the quickest. So what year do you think we'll be racing AI machines? Hmm... With stubbornness or with no stubbornness? Like, if there's, like... Okay, let's, I'll give you both answers. So, with stubbornness, a, a.k.a. everybody throwing up a fit and absolutely losing their shit, I would say 2035. It's not far away. Without stubbornness. When everybody accepts it? And when, when let's say, by some fucking miracle, everybody just says, this is happening. I would say 2035, your difference between it. Sorry, 2040, 2035. Okay. That's my final answer. Yeah. Alex Trebek. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> I think uh, it would be interesting. Maybe companies like Del Taco is going to sponsor a car, and they're going to build an AI to Del drive Taco this car. Del Taco needs to hit me up. Right? <laughs> um, I, would, I would more or less go into it as in it would just get super radical. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, oh, the Olympics are great. I don't give a fuck about the Olympics. I want to see what everybody looks like on steroids. Right, yeah. Just absolutely fucking yoked out of their mind. Top level. That, past that. <laughs> Everybody's at top level right now. Yeah. We're talking about, like, Bane from Batman. Optimal human performance with gene enhancement and steroids. Like, and if this dude loses a race, he's going to snap someone in half. <laughs> it's going to look like a WWE cage match yeah. after everybody's done racing. Like, Usain Bolt is going to be just Bolt. I, I wish they would also go the other way with that. Grab a random person from the audience and put them in the race to see what the average person is like compared to the best. Oh, man, that would be so much confidence just to be in front of all those people. Like, can you amount... I know I wouldn't win. Yeah. I was like, I, I know I won't win. I won't even come close. Man, am I fucking waving at the crowd, though? <laughs> yeah. I made it. Mom, Dad, I'm at the Olympics. Yeah. Check it out. I got the raffle. For sure. It's like, why are you waving with your dick out? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> One guy with his dick out <laughs> at the Olympics. On national, or world television. On world television. Yeah, that's that's how World Wars start. <laughs> it's like all this Canadian kid had his dick out waving at everybody at the Olympics. Fucker. Well, so, uh, I think Russia's been going that model of just yoking up their, their people for the last how many decades? Oh, Russia's right? been fucking waving with their dick out at Ukraine for the fucking biggest time right now. Yeah. And they're they're not doing great. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's seeing it. And it's it sucks because there's two sides of the coin on that one. Is Russia and Ukraine are going like blow to blow with the with each other. Ukraine's such a small country so it's like big brother versus little little brother and you got like a fucking thirty year gap. Yeah. Then on the flip of the coin is that everybody's trying to help them and Ukraine's, like, fighting back with Russia, but Russia's, like, we don't we don't see you guys as fucking friends anymore. We see you guys as enemies, and it just keeps on getting worse and worse. But what people fail to understand is that Russia also was the big top dog with nuclear fucking weapon testing because they had their Boomba fucking SAR bomb. It's a 
biggest nuclear bomb that has ever been detonated, period. Mm. With a dot. Not dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Just one dot. Because Russia said, we can do this, we shall do this, during the Cold War era, and they're, they did it. Yeah. Now, are they ever going to use nuclear weapons again? Probably not. But has Russia done dumb, sh- dumb shit before? Absolutely. Are they going to do it again? Probably. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's, it's only... You can only push somebody so far to the point of where that they either don't want to deal with you anymore or on top of everything else, they're just going to get way back in the corner and just say, sayonara, and then go from there. Yeah. Um, North Korea is in the same fucking boat right now, too, because they keep on doing missile testing and then we're sending subs over to, like, Japan mm-hmm. for training exercises loaded and ready. So it's like... It's... you. For everybody at home, is your fuck around to find out chart. <laughs> the more you fuck around, the more you're gonna find out. Yeah. So it's that's all it is. It and the thing is, is that no one's gonna talk about it until it's too late. There's nothing proactive. Well, I mean, Putin's gotta be getting older, right? And maybe he's gonna be going away in the next ten, twenty years. Yeah, it's just more or less on if he wants to make it that ten or twenty years. Because even, like, there's some people in Russia that are saying that they don't even want to have anything to do with this. But it yeah. sucks because they're getting the fucking short and the sick of it. So, if your own country doesn't want you going to war and picking on other people, what are you going to do? Yeah. And that's supposed to be a, a land grab, right? They just want more land from Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Ukraine has precious... Uh, minerals or materials? Yeah, they have precious metals, minerals, materials, everything. And they do use that as a very, very, very big, like... I'm supposed to say, negotiating weapon, mm. just so that way they don't have to worry about doing a bunch of other dumb shit with other countries like Russia. It's like Russia doesn't have enough land. <laughs> yeah, Russia has a huge fucking hat on top of Europe. I don't understand what their deal is, but it's like Russia fucked themselves because Russia is also one of the other countries where they detonated the world's largest nuclear bomb. Okay. Even so if they can, radioactive shit's land. radioactive. And then you got Chernobyl, where yeah. they fucking dropped the ball with the nuclear reactor number four. Yeah. Luckily, they put a hat on it. Nice fedora. <laughs> They're done. It doesn't do much though for the next fifty years. Yeah, exactly. And it's lifetimes. It's fucked for lifetimes. Yeah. And then it sucks because it's like, how many more times are you going to shoot yourself in the foot? And they're like, we're going to Ukraine. Yeah. Hey guys, how are you guys doing? Oh, you're not friends? Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Yeah, yeah. you want to piss off somebody from Ukraine? Like, wow, that sounds like it's Russian. <laughs> no, it's Ukraine. Yeah. Well, actually, I had a guy, uh, I worked as a track marshal for a bunch of different organizations. Mm-hmm. And I talked to, uh, I worked with one guy at uh, MotoGP in my station, in my corner. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was Russian. And we did a podcast together on it, and he's like, I'm Russian, I don't support this at all, we yeah. don't like this, like, that's one guy saying we want to go to war, everybody else is like, do we have to? You know, yeah. so, just, I would say don't hate the Russians, hate the leadership over there. Yeah. Because like, they're just people. They are, and they're really nice people. Yeah. Like, Russians are really, really, really nice. I've, they All they want to do is just hang out, have fun. Yeah. Uh, drink some vodka, right? Yeah. Uh, that, then that's when they want to hang out, have fun, and then fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the thing is that it's it sucks because once you're under a certain dictatorship at one point in time, like Putin, shit is stuck there, right? Yeah. And you, you, all you got to do is say, you're doing a great job. And then you turn around and you're like, I want to get the fuck out of here. 
yeah. just to cover your own ass so that way you don't get in trouble because they're just pulling people off the street. If you're against it, they're like, all right, jail. Yeah. You can blink in the wrong way, jail. Yeah. Yeah, people think, uh, you know, we have it so bad here in America, but we're one of the only countries with relatively free speech, speech compared to everywhere else. Yeah. And don't let the entitlement fucking cloud anybody's judgment. Yeah. That's the only thing I can say. It's like if you, if you're going to say, I don't have to worry about this, you're fucking way too entitled and you have no idea what it looks like on the other side. Yeah. That's, that's what sucks. For sure. So. So, uh, what series do you follow as far as racing? Do you follow any sort of racing series? No, not really. Um, everybody's like gung-ho on F1. We don't care. Yeah. Because it's, it's one of those things like you keep on watching it and you watch it and you watch it and it's cool. It's like, but it was a lot cooler back in the day. Yeah. Was the so different much. engines, those screaming V8, V10s. V12s, V10s, V8s. <laughs> like, that era was the era. Schumacher and... Fuck. Like, even with IndyCar, with Paul Tracy he and Champ Car, he made it fucking fun. Yeah. You're going to crash into Paul... Paul Paul Walker. Paul Tracy. You're going to crash into Paul Tracy, you're going to fucking fight him. <laughs> yeah. He's going to hit the shit out of you. And I'm not talking about with this car. Yeah. He's gonna, literally going to wait outside of his vehicle until you finish your lap. Then he's going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> like, it's close quarters racing that I like. Indy's not that anymore. Fucking F1's not that anymore. F1 hasn't been like that for a while now. Yeah, and it's just, it's a, it's a downer because it's a pissing contest in between car manufacturers for what? For who can spend the most money. Who now can they have the cap on funds, but it's still there. Yeah, the cap is minuscule compared yeah. to what, a, what they're really trying to hunt down for. You have car manufacturers literally having a piss in contest with other car manufacturers that are either going to fucking gap them in one race. I haven't seen a very close photo finish with F1 in a very long time. Yeah. It's it's the, the Red Bull Mercedes show. And yeah. sometimes now Aston, I mean... Special guest feature in McLaren. Watch out <laughs> if they yeah. make it. Maybe Ferrari somewhere in there. Yeah. I, I was really hoping for Ferrari this year because they had really promising races this year and I wanted to see Ferrari be fast again. Yeah. You know, I do think... It's Man, now should I hold yeah. my breath and just get it over with because <laughs> suicide's looking pretty badass it's right now. It's not going to happen this year. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a really good thing that Formula One is now in its resurgence and its uh, fans mm-hmm. are approaching it a lot better. Uh, biggest crowds ever. Yep. We're going to have Formula One here in Vegas. I think that's great. I think... Uh, I don't want to hate on NASCAR, but... I like NASCAR. I like uh, road racing uh, way more than stock car racing. Yeah, 100%. So stock car racing just isn't my thing. I I would love to be in one of those cars and do it for sure, Mm -hmm. but to watch a NASCAR race isn't... I don't love the ovals. Uh, I like that they're doing more road courses now. I think that's great. And dirt track. And dirt track. The dirt track was sick. That's pretty cool stuff. I haven't watched one yet this year for for NASCAR. I would look it up and just just tune in for the last 30 laps. Um, If it was up to me, I would make the races shorter, but I would definitely throw in a lot more razzle-dazzle. Like, the dirt race, Mm -hmm. super cool. Yeah. It it was, like, literally everybody sliding sideways like tandems. Yeah. Fucking (laughs) neck to neck. Right. And you could tell where you you have your talent, and then where you have guys who bought their way in, sure, and they're just there for shits, and, shits and giggles. But seeing like six cars go 
sideways in towards the corner. Those stock cars? Hell yeah. Now, the coolest thing I saw in NASCAR in a while, I don't know the guy's name, but he was just full throttle on the on the back. Oh, he rolled the wall. On the wall. What's his name? Um, they had to change the rule. You can't do that anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know how many views that got? Millions. Yeah, it was insane. And even all the other drivers were saying hell yeah with that one, too, because everybody, like, everybody was like, outside, 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 watch out. <laughs> and then he's like, did he just ride the wall? And it, the amount of balls you have to have. In order to do that, it's, hey man. Descend it. Yeah, he did. And he <laughs> he dropped the gear and literally disappeared. <laughs> yeah. He he did exactly what everybody wanted to do. So everybody's done in Gran Turismo a hundred times, right? Yeah, <laughs> and he, he, done, he done did it. Yeah. Hell yeah, good for him. That's wild. Yeah. And uh, Frankie Muniz, uh, Malcolm in the Middle guy, yep. he's yep. doing NASCAR now too. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. There's uh, some other A-list actors that started getting into racing too. There's another guy that got into... Um, I think it was. Fuck. There's um, Patrick Dempsey, the guy that played Magneto from X Men. Forgot his name, but he's into racing heavily too. Uh, I can only think of a couple other people. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan's actually a huge car enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. He ha- he has a. Yeah, I think he has an Evo 8 or Evo 9 Evolution yeah. Mitsubishi. <laughs> and he always used to do like a, a lot of old school films with like Mitsubishi and everything else. Yeah. Um, when Mitsubishi would come out with like all this crazy stuff, and then everybody's like, well, I want to buy a Mitsubishi fucking Evolution. Yeah. Like, oh, I need a TV. Mitsubishi was like, you're never going to guess what. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we sell TVs. <laughs> it's like the Yamaha. I want to buy a piano. Uh, I want to also buy a motorcycle. You'll never guess what. Yes, but dude, <laughs> hold my beer, man. You're never going to guess this. And you know, Yamaha did a lot of testing with uh, Toyota. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so uh, the Toyota 1JZ and the 2JZ, if you look at the front uh, timing cover, it says Yamaha, because oh. they did all the development for that motor. Toyota had a had a thing with them, and that happened to be the highest horsepower inline six mm. that you could ever, ever buy. Wow. It was that one in like the Ford Barra motor from Australia. The yeah. 4 liter inline 6. That thing rips. Yeah. But um, yeah, the Toyota 2JZ, man, Yamaha. Didn't know yeah. that. Toyota funded it, or Toyota had the facilities. Yamaha was like, alright, let's do this. And put it all together, like, cost worth for Ford. Right, yeah. Um, okay. That's another quirky manufacturer. Well, Toyota went to BMW now, but the crazy story about them is that Toyota and BMW is like, okay, BMW, we're going to give you the Z4 platform, make your Supra, put fenders, do all the designing and everything for it. So Toyota ended up having the car, and then they started doing R&D, started seeing some parts fail. So mm-hmm. Toyota was like, make this better. Yeah. And BMW was like, no, it's already good. Toyota was like, I'm not going to ask you again. <laughs> so it's it's crazy on how perspectives on like other everybody else's parts and everybody else's like touch and go base with when it comes to research and development goes. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, some good partnerships I think and uh yeah. Um, yeah like Maserati. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. You don't like the MC20, the That's CLO? No. No. It's the first supercar that they built in 30 years though. It's going to not be the great the first time out again, right? No. It's just fragile or so Maserati, they don't have the same, how am I supposed to say, like... Gusto? No, mom and dad relationship as Ferrari. When you make a vehicle, 
It's not as good as Ferrari. It never will be. Yeah. Because you're always the little brother. You're trying to compete with the guy who's out of your league. Exactly. And the thing is, is that Ferrari owns Maserati. I think, still, maybe. Um, long time ago, Lamborghini decided to get with Audi. Because... As much as I would love to say hand-built cars are cool, they're really not. Very expensive. They are, and you're paying a lot more money for a lot of things that you're going to have to work on yourself sooner or later, mm-hmm. or you're going to have to take it back to the dealer because it was hand-built. Yeah. Somebody has a bad day at work, you're paying for it, right? <laughs> it's, it, robot's not going to have a bad day at work. Robot gets serviced, everything's fine. That's why like, you see hundreds of millions of Volkswagens on the road, because guess what? They stamp them out quick, but they're perfect, Yeah. because the robot made now, when you get into a hand-built Ferrari or hand-built Lamborghini, the Venador, for instance, overheats. Mm. Um, transmission's a single-clutch transmission, which is awful. Slower. I wish they would never make more horsepower in that car. I wish they would put another damn clutch in it, <laughs> so that way the shifts are smoother. Now they came out with the new Rinalto, I think, Rivalto, Rinalto, scrambled eggs, um, or rifle. I think it means rifle. <laughs> In Italian? Yeah, in Italian. Rival in Italian, but scrambled in Spanish. I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> so, they came out with that card. Guess what? Dual-clutch transmission. It only took them 15 years to figure that one out, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so, the Aventador would always, always break down. Yeah. Always break down. And it was uh, wider, right? It was wider yeah, than... It was wider, so that's why they had to put the scissor doors on it, because you couldn't open up the doors left to right, because you'd never fit in a parking spot. Yeah. Um, it was longer too. It was longer because they had to fit the V12 in the back. Okay. But the V12 had to sit so far up to fit the transmission all the way in the back. So they had this wicked transaxle. It was like literally rear bumper, transaxle. Yeah. That's how close it was. Wow. And the same thing with the Giardos too. Even if you look underneath the bumper on the Giardo, the transmission is right then and there. It's just because the technology at the time could right. be so compact. And now you have really long solenoids to engage the clutch, engage the gear, things like that. Saw, rock saw this long. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy in how those cars, like, you remember the, like the 20 year gap I was telling you about the James Webb telescope and everything else? It's the cars are the same thing. Yeah. Massive improvements in a short period of time with the technology. Yeah. And it's without, how am I supposed to say, like, it's without any hesitation. Like, all of a sudden it's like Kenoseg, Kenoseg, however you pronounce it, they're like, we got the world talk speed record or yeah. like we're the fastest guys out there and I think it was like SBC or SSC or something like that and they're like no we got it Ken was like, was like okay well, alright sit down yeah. <laughs> watch this Yeah. they came out with the Jesco and a bunch of other cars that are just wickedly fast now their new what is it called Jamala Jambala I don't know that one consult Google later <laughs> um, now they came out with another vehicle it's a four door or a four seater yeah. two door has Eight cup holders. <laughs> There's four up in front, four in the back for the rear, rear passengers, and it's a hybrid, so you could get it with a twin turbo V8, which makes 2,000 horsepower. Was that all? <laughs> or you could get it with the, um, it's the uh, individual solenoid uh, combustion or the free valve, the free valve technology three cylinder, which still makes 700 horsepower. Wow. Three cylinder. Yeah. So it's it's insane on how they put everything all together. They're like, yeah, this car will this car will run no problem. You know, uh, 
The three cylinders, though, they don't have that counterweight force on them, and they tend to be less reliable. They they are they they do the inevitable shake ourselves apart yeah. scenario. It's the same thing with the five cylinders too. Yeah. Unless they have offsetted bigger um, cylinders to really counter out that weight, it's just going to shake itself apart. Um, one a lot of the motors back in the day that still have that problem is like the offsetted V8s. It's like old 350 Chevys and everything else, or 427s. Yeah. Is that a lot of guys would go in and get them balanced and everything else, so that way the fucker wouldn't shake itself apart. Yeah. Just because of the tippity tappity, yeah. awful idle. Yeah. That was a long time ago during the whole fuel boom then. Now I had a Triumph, and that's a three cylinder, mm-hmm. 675 uh, Daytona. And uh, man, on a motorcycle, it makes a significant difference to your handling because you have less moving parts on the inside yeah so you can turn in a lot easier um but it has a way different torque range than the, you know the four cylinders mm-hmm. so uh the kawasaki's they like to be screamed at red line to get the most power mm-hmm. and the triumphs you got to be you make your most torque in the low end yeah so you have to ride them completely different you know short shift everywhere because it doesn't like to be up high yeah it's bad for the cylinders so um it's got to completely change your riding style but you can turn in way sooner that's way a really easier. good looking bike though the Daytona? Yeah, the yeah. Daytona's a really good I like that. I crashed it right away. But <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of my RX-7. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a really good-looking car. It'd be a shame if somebody just fucking launched the motor all of a sudden. Yeah, I just, um, I wasn't ready for the, the torque low end, so how yeah. much torque it made. And it was a brand-new tire compound that you was released that weekend. wham-wham. And I high-sided the crap out of it. Oh, man. First race weekend on it. Sick. And uh, uh, cracked the fork in half. Nice. I've never done that before. Yeah. It takes a lot of force to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my worst crash. I, uh, I, I hit a guardrail about 130 miles an hour. Jesus. Yeah, that's a bad one. Have you ever, other than your leg, have you ever had the big one? The big crash? Yeah, but I can't talk about it. Understandable. Yeah, so, um... You can't Mars? talk about it, don't remember it, or just not supposed to uh, speak about I, it? I can't talk about it because everything. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Cat. Yeah, that's my, my cat. cat. That's my cat. I uh, let her outside because uh, she'd be annoying. You ready to come back inside? You warm out there? Yeah. Is it, you, <laughs> could, you could... Him or her? She. Yeah, you let her in. It's okay. I'm okay. Luna, you want to come in? I just, uh, she would be bugging us. She'd be meowing every three seconds. She's just looking at me like I'm insane. <laughs> she doesn't respond to commands very well. She's a cat. Of course they don't. <laughs> um. Come on in! Can't get you from over there. She's panting. See that? Yeah. It's hot out there. It's a hundred and how many degrees today? Too many. hundred and way too much. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had... I've had some big crashes. Um, I never totaled out of a vehicle, though. So. Well, total is a matter of perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's an insurance um, total, or is it a real total? So, the um, yeah, I think the worst accident I ever had was probably with my fucking Ford truck. Yeah. Uh, it was doing, I was in the underground garage uh, here in town, and it's polished concrete, so it's, like, really easy to slide. And I just slid into a pillar, ah. like, at, I was trying to go as fast as possible, and you know how everybody's like, oh, one more time. And my buddy Kiki was just like, oh, one more time. I just felt to go, wham, and I was like, oh, ah. fuck. 
So, uh, yeah, it hit the pillar, it fueled the rear bumper bag, it crunched the whole rear truck bed, and shortly a week, a week or two after that, I started backing up, and I was backing up, and I hauled ass when I was backing up because I was pissed. I was over at Orleans Hotel Casino. I ended up backing up into a concrete pillar with a light pole. The Like, the one concrete pillar that no one could ever see, ever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I just went, bump, and I was like... Uh, here we go. Yeah. So yeah, that truck took so much abuse. Um, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I can't blame him. Fucking blame myself on that one. But those are kind of like, I mean, parking lot, but in, on the street, not on the track. No, I never got in an accident with another vehicle on the street. There she is. All right, shut that door. But uh, <laughs> single car collision by yourself? Um, no. Most of my crashes, like, uh. Every single one of my crashes was my fault um, on the track, you know, mm-hmm. whether I tucked the front or high-sided. It was, yeah. I've never been in a collision because of another rider, mm-hmm. and I've never, or driver, or I've never made another person crash because of my actions either. Yeah. On the, on the racetracks, on, with me driving, I've never, I've never ran into anybody. I've never, even on the streets here in Vegas, like, I've never gotten in a car accident just because I'm, like fucking unwildly aware yeah because usually we could see something happen from a mile away before it even comes near us and we could kind of like stay away from said person or right. try to look for an escape route ASAP um a lot of people just like oh defensive driving it's like we're so defensive at this point we're offensive yeah so it's it all depends on perspective but at the same time I never had an accident on the streets where I caused it or uh, when another accident were to happen, I had one crazy accident happen in front of me though. Yeah. Uh, I was on my way to the court office for my tickets to try to pay them off. Mm-hmm. I was driving my S13.5, the blue one, 240SX. Jeep comes across Main Street in Charleston, and what happens was it hit a uh, Chrysler Sebring. But you know the Sebring is like a wedge in yeah. the front. So these two hit each other trying to make a left and right hand turn in the intersection. The Sebring was going westbound and the Jeep was going eastbound. Mm. But what happened was the Jeep and the Sebring were going way too fast. They both tried turning in and making the light at the same time. And by the time that they collided, they were going way too fast and they ended up in the middle of the intersection. So what happened was the Jeep crumpled into the Sebring. Yeah. And the Sebring folded this way, and the Jeep did a 360 in the air. Landed on top of another car, a convertible, yeah. on top of the roof. And then I see everybody inside the Jeep get out, and it's just all these gangsters. <laughs> like, it's it's all these guys that are just full-blown fucking gangsters. And, like, the, the girl that was in the Chrysler Sebring, she was just fucking crying. She was okay. She got out. It was fucking glass everywhere. Of course, yeah. you're going to be all shooken up. But she was fucking crying. All these gangsters, they run. Damn. The Jeep was stolen. They just fucking take off. It still worked after so that. My insurance goes so high up. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, it was a crazy thing to see. And I was going to be late for my fucking court date. Yeah. So I, I did my good Samaritan accident. Here, there, here, there. I can't stop here. I got to keep going. Okay, thanks. All right, bye. Yeah. 
I, I, I made sure everybody was okay. Like, obviously, if everybody gets out of the vehicle and you're all shaken up, and, okay, you guys are fine. I just kept going. First day in Vegas, I was returning the rental truck, the U-Haul truck or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was, like, three miles east of here, uh, Spencer and Pebble. Mm-hmm. And uh, just stopped at the light, waiting for the light to turn. Yeah. And cars turning left, motorcycle. This, uh, has a rear brake on, locked up. I'm like, why is he drifting? Hits the car. Oh, fuck. Motorcycle guy goes flying. Yeah. He's not moving. I just called 911 immediately, and they got there really quickly. Actually, ambulance got there. And I was like, well, that's my awakening to Vegas. Yeah. All right. It makes me want to ride my bike. Surprise, here. motherfucker. <laughs> like, oh, damn. That was a nasty one, but... It makes me just want to have a dash cam, you know, so I can record all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, um, you know, I was thinking about getting the V-Box, the RaceLogic V-Box, oh, until yeah. I saw the <laughs> fucking price, and How I was like... How much are those? A couple hundred bucks, probably? A couple thousand bucks? I have no idea. Three grand. What? Yeah. That much for those things? Yeah, for the HD one, the blue box, wow. the one that we use at work. I didn't think of that. Expensive. Yeah, they're so expensive. They have two cameras. They have GPS on it. You so can if, you re- video. if you really want to get crazy with it, you could wire in um, the throttle pedal, the brake pedal, yeah. so you could see telemetry on that. Potentiometers, if you want. Exactly. Yeah. So you you could do a lot of stuff, and you could run deltas. Yeah. You could run line graphs. It's insane. That's pretty cool. But it's um yeah it's for that price. I mean GoPros are cool, man. <laughs> like GoPros <laughs> are sick. My dad has one in his car. It'll it'll turn on as soon as he detects like uh, big noise or yeah. vibration. Even if somebody went like yeah that. So it'd be cool. Like someone or the the uh, apartment complex towed my car one time to a different spot because they were repaving the pavement. They never yeah. told us. Yeah. And I'm like, it would have been nice to know my car's being moved right now. Yeah, like, exactly. I went out to my car like. Where the hell's my car? You know? Like, <laughs> like fuck. Like, Somebody oh. stole the pussy getter. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Not the Toyota Corolla. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be just nice to have a visual of it. Yeah, and that's... The thing with dash cams is that... the Everybody in Vegas usually has a dash cam, but... You know what, who always runs dash cams? Russia. Yeah? <laughs> when you ever see a crazy dash cam yeah. video... Oh, yeah, they're always fucking Russia. <laughs> This guy's just mad at his own business, and all of a sudden you see this car just come sweeping from the road and on ice, just full wick. Yeah, oh yeah. Counter steer. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he gets split in half by a semi. Yeah. Motherfuckers are always running dash cams. And sure. it gets crazy, like, even the Toyota, the Celica I got now, shout out, because um, when I bought the car, I knew the motor was toast, and I knew it needed a motor, but I knew I could get the motor to last for God who knows what. I went to the gas station not to get gas, just to top off with oil. <laughs> That's how bad the motor was. So um, it, the Viper alarm system that I had in it, like if somebody shakes the car, the whole keychain starts going off and everything else like that. It's cool Yeah. when it works. Sure. Now, I was living at Vegas Valley in Nellis, like the ghetto. East side Vegas, fucking east side, <laughs> and like <laughs> if it was windy, oh, if yeah, somebody wind were to lock their car right next to yours, like with their horn, like huh? that sensitive. Yeah, it would just freak out, and everybody's like, "Oh, you can program the sensitivity." You're supposed to have a remote start, didn't work, mm-hmm. probably because the motor had a hard time starting in the first place. And I was like, "Okay." Um, I went to another guy. I was like, hey, how much to replace it and put something else better in? He was like, yeah, we'll take care of you. Like, 800 bucks. I was like, I'll rip the fucker out myself. Yeah. 
if I could wire a car, I could sure shit wire this in there. None of the door lock actuators work anyways, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this. Um, but they were selling fucking dash cams, and for cheap, too. I was thinking about getting one of the coworkers a dash cam. It happened to be a Hello Kitty dash cam, but <laughs> still dash cam. It's expensive. Yeah. The Hello Kitty trademarks expensive, man. They're everywhere now. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like, dash cams make a huge difference, too, because... No one can incriminate somebody else as hard as possible as a fucking dash cam. Yeah. Like, if you do something stupid and it's on a dash cam, like, that's your own damn fault. But if you have a dash cam and it saves your ass, you're going to swear by that fucking thing. It could thousands of dollars. Yeah. If somebody brake checks you, and my car doesn't have ABS, yeah. I've, I've had one close call on the freeway, and Big Mac can attest to this, because he was right next to me in the Corolla. Mm. So we're going, and the uh, Nissan Frontier jams on the brakes. Car broke down. HOV lane. But... We're all moving pretty good, and I wasn't paying attention. All of a sudden, I start seeing, like, chicken really bright, and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Truck stop. I slam on the brakes. Guess what I get? Just two ghost stripes all the way <laughs> down the freeway. So I get off the brake pedal, and I'm like, okay, let's try again. So I get on the brake again. <laughs> block Same them up thing. again. So now I'm freaking out. Big Mac's just holding this horn. He's like, just come in my lane. Come in my lane. <laughs> So I did the quick scan with the eyes, and I saw that the right lane was open. It came off the brake and just fucking sort sure. around him and then made it. What happened was there was a Cadillac in front of him. Nothing on. Uh, he hit the Cadillac. That's why I came up on him so fast. So Big Mac keeps going. I move the truck. Big Mac calls me. He's like, dude, you got so close to that truck. Nice <laughs> save. And I was like, you fucking see that Cadillac road <laughs> nice. Like, dude, that was so crazy. Yeah. Because I knew for a fact, I was like trying to tell everybody the story. There's no way they're going to believe me. But hearing it from me and Big Mac at the same time, nuts. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the only time that I've ever had like a really, really, really close scenario. Like, I could, I could tell you, Frontier Truck, Celica. That close. <laughs> just barely so them. just, I literally can tell you what that guy ate yesterday. <laughs> That's how close I got. But yeah, mostly, like my life story, just chilling, killing. Um, I go to a lot. I try to go to drift events if I did have a running car. Um, I'm not the. Well, how am I supposed to say? I'm not the sharpest stick in the fucking toolbox, but I'll definitely be a lot of fun if I hang out around. Yeah. Uh, I got married twice. I got a house now. So you're on your second wife? Yeah. She's great. How many are you going for? Huh? How many are you going no, for? No, I'm staying at this <laughs> one. Yeah, she takes care of me. She's a sweetheart. Hi. <laughs> yeah, her name's Nash. Nash? Yep. Um, yeah, baby, she's way out of my league. She's way out of my league. I'm so surprised I reeled her in. How'd you get her? Huh? For all personality, right? God, I hope so. <laughs> I really do. No, uh, we met uh, off of Bumble. Bumble? Yeah. That's how I met the girl last night. Bumble. Yeah. That's a decent one. Decent Watch out. Get your married, man. So, yeah. <laughs> it's my last super like. I super liked her. She wrote me back. I threw my phone away from me. It was witchcraft. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? It worked. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it worked. Sean O'Brien. I was living with Sean at the time. Okay. Me and him were living together, and okay. then he was telling me to get into Bumble, because that's how he met his lady. Really? Yeah. So, there are some success. Stories. Yeah, there is. Like, yeah, Sean got married with Rachel. Bumble. Yeah. I got married to Nash. Bumble. Wow. Yeah. What was the first one? Uh, how'd you meet her? Um, High school. High school sweethearts, yeah. All right. Yeah. Married soul rest in the inner <laughs> gates of hell. She's 
couple things wrong with her. But I wasn't a saint in that relationship at the same time either. But learning. Yeah, it's you know shitty situations. If, if you could ever think of shitty circumstances that could end up being shittier circumstances, I'm one over that. Yeah. So it was just is what it is. So we're over two hours now. Is there anything? Holy on fuck, we're over two hours. Two eleven. Jeez, is there anything on your mind you want to talk about before yeah, good I good luck to your editing? Yeah. <laughs> It'll take a few minutes. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I want to shout out to my dad because I wouldn't be here where I'm at if it wasn't for him. Um, yeah, he was. He wanted to race. He was way too old, so he brought me through racing. So I, I love Gran Turismo. And he was like, yeah, bring you up, learn. Yeah. Um, Nash, huge shout out to her with. Without her, I wouldn't be anywhere where I am near now. Probably be fucking pushing up daisies in the bottom of Lake Mead. <laughs> so you guys can find me later. Um, yeah, shout out to uh, Bomac, Chowder, Alex, um, Matt, Video Tech Matt. Every single time you come over and help me with the car. Kendra. Um, shit, who else came over to help me work on that? Fucking job. So, uh, Justin, the original owner of the vehicle, thank you so much for giving it to me. Sherry? Signing the title. Um, Sherry helping brakes or something? Yeah, Sherry and Zeke, they helped out. Um, yeah, uh, shout out to my job for putting me where I'm at so I could survive and make sure that I live up to the drifting dream with my vehicle and all my hobbies that I got now. If it wasn't for Speed Vegas and Exotics, especially Fred. Fred's honestly taken care of me a lot and super appreciative. I just gotta stop being an idiot. <laughs> um, and where can people find you online? Are you out there on the internet? Oh yeah, so... Um, Instagram, Yep, Facebook. so I got Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook. You guys definitely follow me on Facebook. Sorry, my dad sent me a message. So, on TikTok, if you guys want to um, look down here, once uh, Eric's done editing the tool, what little text in this area, we're going to go from left to right, right quick. M-I-K-E, the number one, H-A-Y-E-S, is on TikTok. Instagram, okay, hold on to your shorts for this one, this is going to be a big one, it's B-A-B-Y underscore G-E-S-J E-S-U-S-01 Instagram Baby underscore Jesus01 and on Facebook it is Drippin' and Pussy 69420 just kidding <laughs> it's my case <laughs> and then brackets Baby Jesus are you on YouTube? Are you a video creator? So I try to create videos on YouTube, but come to find out that I don't like running a camera and trying to do all my work all at the same time. But I do have a channel. Um, it is under Baby J's Garage. So Baby Space J Space Garage. Um, I rarely upload to there. I wish I did more. Now but what's your OnlyFans? My OnlyFans. So it's Big Dick Dingus <laughs> at 69420. <420. laughs> 
No, no OnlyFans, not yet. If I if I do good on YouTube and people want to see what I do with more spicier content on OnlyFans, <laughs> definitely throw me a message because I will 100% get everybody to subscribe. Heck yeah. At the one Borat onesie, man, I'm telling you, it's a banana hammock, easy. That's where it's at. Yeah, it is where it's at. Yeah, we're by poolside over here. Oh, it all will be the poolside. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, more followers, more welcome, but yeah, I build up the RX-7 on TikTok. That's the first thing I always update with. Um, Instagram, Facebook, I usually, if you want to get a hold of me, Messenger all the time. Um, Instagram, I'm not really on Instagram too much. I usually use Instagram just to splice off of whatever I have on Facebook, unless I were to post something up with uh, Example Garage, because that's the third-party source that I use for car interviews and um, all the RX-7 build. So once I start really steaming along with the RX-7, then I'll post up on Example Garage and then I'll branch that down from Example Garage to TikTok with uh, Baby J's Garage and everything else like that on Instagram and Facebook. Sure. So, yeah, just not YouTube. YouTube's YouTube's kind of a pain in the ass to upload, too. It, does, it does take a really long time. And I'm not really patient with video editing, so yeah. if you've ever seen any of my videos, it's like video, meme, video, <laughs> meme, video, meme, all in one video. Yeah. And some people think it's funny, some people think it's just fucking annoying. <laughs> You only see so many Spongebob memes all at one right. time, and then you get, you're like, I'm over it. Um, but yeah, that's mostly it. I want to thank everybody for watching. Um, you know, our time here is done. If you want to make yourself out. All right, yeah. Yeah. I'll head out. It's, uh, you know, thank you for coming. Absolutely. You're welcome. Yeah. That's good. I'll have a good drive. See yeah. you later, man. Yeah, yeah. Take care. I'll put those Chevrolet lakes to use. And for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. I like it. Thanks for coming over, man. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. Episode 133. Huh? Episode 133. 133. 133, I believe. I think that's 133. Yeah, tag me. That'll take me a little bit to get it edited posted, probably a week or two. That's fine. But, uh... And you said you'd take money to... Oh, yeah. Boost it, right? If you want to boost it, uh, you can PayPal or cash or whatever. Um, I just buy ads for it. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. 60. Sweet. I'll do it. Buy those ads, and then, um, it definitely helps the reach of it quite a bit. Yep. Just keep me posted, and just send me a link, and then I'll just branch it off of the old TikTok and everything else like that, too. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Sound good? I'm going to just download all the footage, get it going. Uh, no, I lost the, that camera about 10 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Let's uh, see how much. This one was off, too. <laughs> see how much I got of this. But I got four cameras going and mm-hmm. audio. Do you know what the fourth one is? <laughs> it's uh Oh, the... Zoom. The laptop. Zoom meeting. It's yeah. just Osama Bin Laden on the other side. <laughs> yeah, it's just Zoom to me. Israel number one! <laughs> so... Thanks for coming, man. All right, brother, bro. I'll see you uh, next week or in the next couple days at work. Yes, sir. I'll be there tomorrow. Have a good one. All right. Have a good one.